Hi, this is Jalen for Dobbs, where tire buying is easy. At GoToDobbs.com, shop brands, sizes, pricing, and our amazing deals. With 40-plus locations, get same-day install. For tires, it's Dobbs. For deals you can use, click on GoToDobbs.com now. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time now for the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Now, but digs back in. Open stance, deep in the box. Pulls it down on the end. League is ready. With two on and two out. It's 0-1 pitch. It's coming. Bring it along with there it is, baby. The Cardinals take the lead as Albert Pujols comes through with the pit. And the Redbirds lead this, baby. Five to four. What I tell you, folks. Let's get nasty on a Monday. It's a fast lane on 101 ESPN with our guy Jamie Rivers, who's back from Mexico. Yeah, baby. Yeah. Mike's not on. No. Nope. Is it, is it on? Is there it we go. Dance, and uh, now Marsh's no, no, mic. My Boy, not we on. are off to a great Jesus. start. I'll tell you. <laughs> this is we a are off to a great start. Yeah, we were just doing some. I had a full week recording. of Mike four and Mike two. Okay, so we're good now. We're fine. I think All so. Right. Uh, anyways, Anthony, it's good to be back. Yeah. I mean, kind of. Mm-hmm. Uh, B- I mean, I love you guys. I missed you guys, but Let, let's try this. Uh, BT, are you there? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, there we go. Yeah, guys, is my mic on? Yeah, how are we good. doing? <laughs> yeah, we're okay. Golly, hot start. That's okay. Yeah, yeah but Brad, uh, speaking of hot starts, Brad is joining us for the first for the first hour in today's show. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN. Where it's 202. Your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. And unfortunate, we we do start off with some sad news. Over the weekend, we found out that Mike Shannon passed away. The Of course, the legendary player for the Cardinals, and not only a legendary player, but an absolute legend uh, within you know St. Louis, the state of Missouri, and of course in the broadcast booth where he served as the Cardinals radio play-by-play man for uh, uh, many decades. I mean, Mike Shannon was... 50 years, I think. 50, 50 years. 50 years. 50. He was 50 exactly, too, because he had retired after the 2021 season. But 50 years in the booth for Mike Shannon, uh, World Series champion, and somebody that I know, uh, not growing up in St. Louis, uh, I, I still know this. For many of you listening right now, he was the soundtrack of your summer. And when I think of, you know, BT, when I think of Mike Shannon, I also think of guys that, like yourself, who played and is now doing great work in, in TV and in the broadcast booth yourself. I imagine as a former Cardinal player and now a Cardinal radio man or a TV man, excuse me, that this, uh, that, that this passing hits you pretty hard. Yeah, I mean, it hits everybody in Cardinal Nation hard. I woke up to this news uh, yesterday morning. I had a missed call from Mike Claiborne. He and he and Claibs had been friends for decades, and I know it, the news hit Claibs hard and hit, hit everybody within the organization. And, look, uh, we knew that Mike's health had been declining over the last couple of years. COVID hit him really hard. It kind of termed as one of those COVID long haulers. It, it really took its toll on Mike, but – 
it, Mike was one of those personalities and, and one of those people where throughout his life, he almost felt indestructible, if that makes any sense. Like he just had one of those presents where it's just like, Mike, you doing all right? Oh, I'm good, big boy. And you're like, yeah, he's good. Mike's good. You know, he's going to be fine for forever. So like, it's, it's sad. You talk about somebody that lived their life to the fullest though. That would be Mike Shannon that enjoyed every moment that he was in. And unfortunately, and, and I actually don't believe this to be the case with Mike. I think people told Mike how they felt about him and how much they loved him. And it was very evident how much people like to be around him. But so we're at Dodger Stadium yesterday, and that's like the entire press area was just telling Mike Shannon stories. That was the whole flight home last night is just telling Mike Shannon stories, very few of which can be told here. Uh, but <laughs> like that, he, he made such a profound impact on everybody that he was around. And that, that's it's incredibly special to have a personality like that. Like there's one thing at being so good at your job where everybody reveres you for that. But there's another thing of when your job is over, people just want to be around you because they, they you bring joy and you bring happiness and you bring laughter. And that's exactly what Mike did, man. I, I really don't know. And, and I'd love to get your guys' take on this. I don't know if anybody will ever be able to build a relationship like Mike Shannon was able to do with the fan base, with his amount of honesty, with the personality that he can bring. Our world has changed a lot. The way people consume things have changed a lot. I don't know if you're going to be able to build anything near what Mike Shannon was able to build in his lifetime. Well, the only thing I can compare it to, and it's not even a, an even comparison, but is what Bobby Plager was for the St. Yeah. Louis Blues. But Bobby uh, never had that extended period of time of being a radio voice and being you know, a media personality, a broadcaster, all that. Well, Bobby had the restaurants. Bobby told great stories. Bobby had been here since the beginning. Uh, but, you know, just two iconic individuals and Mike Shannon. I got to know Mike. We did a, a number of events together. And, BT, you're absolutely 100% right. None of the stories Mike Shannon told me or things that we talked about can be discussed on these airwaves. <laughs> but, man, he was a funny dude. He was blunt. He was right to the point. And, I mean, he was just Mike Shannon. You know, BT, to your point about him connecting to the fan base, John Rooney had a great quote in the uh, Post-Dispatch talking about how Mike sold more beer and more tickets uh, here in St. Louis than any broadcaster, you know, in baseball history. And he had also noted, John Rooney also noted that Mike would say on a Tuesday night, oh, there's still 3,000 tickets left for Wednesday's game or Thursday's game. And all of a sudden that game became a sellout. So... You're right. Uh, I think that a lot of Cardinals fans growing up connect, again, their summer with Mike Shannon Shannon, and, and the way that Mike was able to connect with the fan base uh, is is nothing short of remarkable. And I don't think you get that with everybody. You know, I don't I don't think it's just the fact that he was born and raised in St. Louis. I uh, went to Mizzou and then eventually was was you know signed with the Cardinals. I, I, I think that's that that's a small portion of it, but it's his personality, who he was. I didn't, I didn't have an opportunity to really get to know him, but from what I've been told, whether it's through stories from you guys or, or others, that Mike was always himself. And when you're genuine like that, you allow people to kind of get to know you, and I think that is one thing that 
you know, I'm hearing a lot of is that connection that he had uh, with, with each and every person. Yeah, big time. And that's something like I, I never sat down with Mike and like talked about broadcasting and talked about like how to do this job or anything like that. But I, I did watch Mike and I, I listened to Mike. And if, if for me that just personally, if there's one big takeaway from him of like how he did his job that I would like to be able to take away from Mike Shannon, it's be yourself. Like it's it's so easy to try to conform to like what you think everybody wants to hear or what is maybe right in a situation. But being yourself, like it, it ends up paying off. And I think that's that's one of the best things that I love about this show. Right. It, it's an ability to be yourself for four hours a day, win, lose or draw. Like that's kind of what uh, what the fast lane is. Uh, a lot of lose and a lot of draws, but some, <laughs> some, some wins here and there. But he, he the kind big, of uh, the, the, he, the wins are big, BT. OK, the wins are very sure. big. You lose for a it's, while, and then the winds are pretty big with the fast. Anthony, bigger. it's like that yeah. one golf shot. It just it keeps you coming back. That one win that you end up having Absolutely. every once in a while. But that's the that's the thing. If you can be real and you can be genuine, uh, then I, I think that you have an opportunity to make some of those connections and those relationships. But uh, that is like a, a challenge. And we were just talking about it on the the flight home last night it's you know they got the whole crew that had worked with him forever mike claiborne worked with him for a long time john rooney uh rooney came over was, was partners with him starting in 2006 rick horton has worked with him forever uh jim jackson the engineer has been with him so long like all of these guys just telling stories and like i i, I want to have connections with people the way that mike did like I like, and it is not going to be uh, that. That is almost an impossible thing to do with the amount of friends that he had and the amount of connection that he had. But like, I think that if we can all try to like make an impact on people, he didn't even try to do it. It was just him being genuine the way that he went about it. Uh, I think we'd all be better off if we could live a little bit like Mike Shannon did. Maybe not everything, boy. I don't think I'm going to be able to live that long. To, to run it like he ran it for quite some time, but uh, I'm I'm saddened by his his passing, just like everybody else. I feel for his family, man. Six uh, six kids, his his wife Lori, uh, a bunch of grandkids. Like he's got so many people in his life that loved him dearly, and that's like the thing to think about too. Uh, and I'm sure that we're getting lots of text messages in to the uh, to the text line of memories of Mike. And I'm sure throughout the day you'll play different Mike Shannon drops and the Cinco de Mayo one is one of my favorites. Oh, I, I enjoy that one quite crazy. a bit. Next man. Uh, and the the, uh, the uh, hit him with hit him with the laser. I like that one too. Uh, but the impact that he had on fans when you're listening to Mike Shannon, like you feel like he's family just from being on the radio and TV over and over. Imagine the impact that he actually had on his family and yeah. his closest friends. Like, so I, I feel for everybody in the Shannon family and close to the Shannon family uh, with the passing of Mike. But this is why you build relationships throughout your life. This is why you, you're good to people. This is why you make those connections so that, you know, when, when you do pass on, those memories are still there. Your impact is still there. When it comes to the family, they, they can listen to these stories. They can read these stories. They can go back and listen to his words and know that he meant a great deal to a lot of people. But this is, this is, what, this is why you do what you do in life. You, know? you make those connections so people remember you and they can, they can, ha they, they, they can share your life with others and it, you know, it winds up being a, a thing of beauty. BT just mentioned this. We'd love to have your mic drops today on Mike Shannon. If you want to talk about favorite moments that you had uh, listening to him, what he meant to you, 
We'd love to hear you have your mic drops. It's up to you how you want to, how you what what you want to say. Mic drop feature, one on one ESPN app, right there down there at the bottom. You see the mic drop feature. Leave us a mic drop, and we're going to play these throughout the course of the day, so that we do our part in remembering Mike Shannon as well. For Jamie Rivers and Brad Thompson, I'm Anthony Salter. It's the Fastlane on 101 ESPN. We are going to get into the rough series for the Cardinals over the weekend. Because one thing that Mike Shannon also did was he told it like it was when it came to the Cardinals. And right now, it's not good. We'll dive into the weekend and really what is going on right now with your Cardinals. That's next on 101 ESPN. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I can remember driving the car on vacation during a long rain delay and just the amazing stories that Mike told in the booth and had special guests show up. And I can remember actually being disappointed when the game came back on because I knew I was going to miss out on some more great stories. That was Scott sharing his favorite moments from Mike Shannon and his career. If you want to leave us a mic drop as well, we'd love to have you chime in on today, you know, sometime at uh, throughout today's show. Maybe it's a certain moment. Maybe it's just what he meant to you. But Mike Shannon, we're celebrating his life after – uh, the former Cardinal and longtime broadcast play-by-play man for KMOX uh, passed away on Saturday night. With Brad Thompson and Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stalter. Rough weekend for the Cardinals. They drop all three games against the Dodgers. Clayton Kershaw pitched an absolute gem on Saturday. Flaherty struggled on Friday night and then yesterday. Uh, just some more frustrations. And it had been game three or game four in which the Cardinals had at least saved their best baseball for the end of the series. That's how it was for the the Giants series. But they couldn't build any momentum coming off that 6-0 victory in San Francisco. And they are now 10-19 and on the year, minus 13 run differential, and 10 games back of the Pirates. They are in dead last right now in the NL Central. I don't know how you guys feel. I don't think there's any I – think, I think it makes, you, makes us feel better to, like, blame one thing to say, ah, that's the reason they're struggling or that's the reason why such and such is going on. I don't think it's one thing. I think I think it's a I think it's I think it's a group of things. Sometimes they don't get good starting pitching. Sometimes they don't get uh runs, period. Sometimes they don't hit home runs. Sometimes they leave too many runners on on base. Sometimes the bullpen fractures. I don't I, I don't think it's just one thing. Which means there's not one thing that's going to solve it right now. Yeah, I think, BT, before we, we get to you, because obviously you're a lot closer to the situation. You've been watching every almost every single pitch this year. It reminds me, and I, I, I'm not forecasting the season to end up the same way. Reminds me of the Blues last year a little bit. On paper, you're like, hey, it's a good team. Like, you know, we were one goaltender away from taking Colorado to the brink in the year before in the playoffs, thinking, okay. And you look at it, and it's like it just doesn't make any sense. Things shouldn't be this this inconsistent, whether it's the starting pitching or the bullpen or the offense, whatever it is. It's There's always been one element that's just been off. And for me, BT, that's what kind of reminds me of at least you know a portion of the Blues season last year. Of course, there's a ton of baseball left, and there's a lot of, a lot of winning to be done if the Cardinals can, can sort this out. But it is hard to put your finger on one specific thing right now. 
Oh, it, it is for sure. Anthony, you said a word off the top. Uh, said the Cardinals are, are struggling to deal with or try to find. It started with an M. Mom, momen, moment. Money. I, no, not oh. money. Uh, um, oh, momentum. Mosaic. Momen- what the hell is that word? What is momentum? I have no idea. Oh, well, here's the thing, Brad. Is. Yeah, there, there are teams right now in Major League Baseball that – are winning at a pretty good clip. Uh, the Tampa Bay Rays are a perfect example. They're 23 and 6. Um, when you win a game and then you win another game uh, and then you win another game, that's called the winning streak. It has happened before. And Not you build mo- you build momentum uh, <laughs> each time you win a game. So there is yeah, that. Okay. But, uh, yeah, the Cardinals have not found that M word yet, then, <laughs> because that momentum has been very difficult to come by. As we all know, the Cardinals have only won back to back games. They've only done that twice. They did it against the Blue Jays when we thought this season was just going to be wire to wire. Bing, bang, boom. Here Epic. come the Cardinals. And then, you know, uh, they beat the Rockies twice. So they got that going for them. Look, you're absolutely right. I think it's a lot easier to solve a problem if you just go. The starting pitching is the issue. Okay, that's five spots, and it's difficult to fix, but at least, like, you've got the issue pegged and say, all right, well, this is where we need to focus, and this is where we need to make some make some tweaks, and this is when maybe you bring Matthew Libertor up and give him a whirl. Adam Wainwright is coming back. He punched out nine yesterday in his rehab start. Like, you say, okay, well, that's what we can do. So – uh, that's easy enough to fix, even though it's, it's difficult. But that's not just the case. You know, this last turnaround, the starting pitching was actually pretty darn good for the Cardinals on this road trip. Out of all of the ball clubs out there, out of the uh, 30 clubs, where do you think the Cardinals ranked in ERA, guys, on this uh, last trip? So the last 10 games. Starting pitching ERA? Just starting ERA. Pitching, just starting pitching, pitching ERA on this last road trip. Over, okay. Overall, uh, I didn't think I don't think it's that bad. I think um, 14th. They rank 14th in Major League Baseball this last road trip. What do you got, ERA. Jamie? Oh, ERA last road trip. So last 10 okay. games in baseball. Okay, actually, uh, for the for the starting rotation. Yeah, ERA we'll go with five. Five on the dot, Jamie. Look at you go. Come on. Uh, five. Yeah. So the Blue Jays, Braves, and Rangers, I've been gone. And, and Pirates. <laughs> Blue Jays, Braves. You drink enough, good answers come to you. <laughs> Braves, Rangers, Pirates, and Cardinals, right? So, and it's not like the ERA is like a, a 1.2 or anything like that. They had a 3.71 ERA for the last 10 games for the starters. Uh, had some quality starts mixed in there. Did not win many games, as we know. Went 2-8 and eight on this road trip. Uh, it's one of the worst road trips to date. I think it might be the worst West Coast trip they've ever had of 10 or more games. Um, and see, that that's the maddening part. Some little pieces of the club end up start playing a little bit better. And again, the starting rotation is not something you're writing home about right now, but they were better. And then you have an offense that over that same period – they ended up scoring 3.2 runs per game. That's good for 27th in all of baseball in that span. It's just nothing ends up clicking for this ball club. I think that's a very difficult thing to fix. Like there, there are certain players and certain issues you can point to, and that's easy enough to do. Uh, well noted are the struggles of Nolan Arenado. We know that this offense is totally different. This ball club is different. The results are different when Nolan uh, is is playing at a high level. 
Nolan knows that too. And that's probably one of the biggest issues. He feels like he doesn't care about his stats as much. He feels like he's letting down his guys, but it's, it's bigger than Nolan. It's the fact that I, I think if I had to pick one thing about this ball club that I could just say very, very confidently they are playing as tight as can be. They couldn't stick a grease BB up there right now uh, because they're <laughs> so tight. nervous. It's super tight. Uh, they're, they're so nervous to make a mistake. Like nobody wants to be that guy that keeps this spiral going. But Jamie, Anthony, you guys know this, man. I don't care what sport you're playing or, or what job that you do. If you're super tight about it, you're super worried about making a mistake, you make mistakes. If you're golfing and you're thinking about not hitting the water, you're going to hit the water. If you're walking a tightrope and you know, somebody says don't look down, well, guess where you're looking? Like it, they're, they're in this spiral right now of playing tight. And honestly, I, I don't know how you get out of it without just playing good baseball. It's a chicken or the egg right now. Yeah, so that that's kind of what I wanted to ask you about. Because baseball is very unique, and we've talked about this several times, the individuals playing a team sport. you got the pitcher versus the batter, and then you got the team defense, things like that. In some sports, football, basketball, hockey, soccer, like you can grit it out. We're going to simplify the game. Just do little things right, you know, in hockey. Off the glass and out, we'll finish all our hits. You know, basketball, just like take the shots they're giving us. Don't need to force anything. In baseball, I feel like that's going to be way more difficult because how do you just simplify things if you can't hit the ball? How do you simplify things if, you know, your pitchers are throwing the the ball out there and they're, it's, they're getting rocked all the time? No, you're right. And you do try to individually. I think you do try to do that, Jamie. I think it's a great point. Like you'll simplify your approach a lot of times as a hitter. Say, all right, here, here's what I'm going to do. I'm sitting back. I'm thinking opposite field. I'm going to drive the ball that way. I'm just going to hit line drives over the second baseman. Now, again, easier said than done. The pitcher has a little bit to do with this, but you're simplifying your idea. You're simplifying your approach as a pitcher. Hey, I'm just thinking down. Let's just think down right here. Let's not be perfect. Let's just think down. But what what you're bringing up, too, is the other variables that are out there. It's hard to simplify a ninth inning rocket one hopper hit to you. I need a play made. Well, that's a physical thing. Like uh, there's there are a few guys on this ball club. I feel very confident with the ball being hit to Tommy Edmond is on that list. And Tommy ends up being a guy that made a couple of uh, and one of them did not uh the one where Sable ended up walking it off against the Giants, they changed that overnight and ended up being a hit. It's a play that Tommy Edmond generally makes. And I like I felt for Tommy so much. We spent a little bit of time up in the booth kind of talking it over after the game, made our way down to in front of the clubhouse and just going to walk out towards the bus. There's no reason to hang out in the clubhouse after a loss like that. We'll just make our way to the bus. Tommy was just coming up the stairs from from the dugout, and he, I mean, he's just wearing it. It feels feels awful because you, a play like that uh, on a normal season when things are going normal, you hang with it and you go get them the next day. When things are all snowballing, you feel like you let everybody in the room down, and I feel like everybody continues to feel like they're letting each other down, yet nobody's pointing fingers, if that makes any sense. Yeah. Like, everybody is taking that same onus on themselves, but it's not helping at this point. And then you couple in the fact that you have 
a lot of younger guys on this ball club. I mean, you think about your outfield. Dylan Carlson is still 24 years old and really has not had his footing totally at this big league level. Lars Newbar, uh, overnight sensation, but really has not had much time at this big league level. Alec Burleson getting tons of time, has not had much time at this level. Donovan's in his second year. There are so many guys that are young here and don't know how to struggle here yet. It's different when you're getting – People ask you questions after every single game when it's the same question, when there's actually like real gravity towards losing at the big league level. I think that's a difficult thing for all these young guys to process. That's Brad Thompson. That's Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. It's a fast line on 101 ESPN. We'll continue to talk about the Cardinals struggles, including one guy that is in a massive funk. And if the Cardinals are going to turn this around, he's going to need to get going. We'll talk about Nolan Arenado next on 101 ESPN. Warm weather means homework for homeowners. And if your homework means a new deck, then turn to the deck experts at Hackman Lumber. Browse the largest inventory of decking materials and deck accessories in Missouri at Hackman Lumber Company. Talk with their experts about treated lumber, cedar, timber tech, Trex, Envision, Azek, and decorators to find the best deck for you. Check out endless choices of railings, balusters, and LED deck lighting options. Hackman Lumber Company will not be undersold on in-stock decking materials guaranteed. You can choose to do it yourself with Hackman's expert advice, or they can recommend reputable contractors to do the work for you. Stop by and see Hackman's expanded paint department, too, with brushes, rollers, painter's tape, and four different lines of interior and exterior paint. Custom color match available. Visit Hackman Lumber's newly remodeled stores in St. Peter's and Pacific, or their showroom in Troy, Missouri. Hackman Lumber. Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. When I think of Mike Shannon, I always go to his home run calls. Um, I started watching Cardinals baseball and like really hardcore following it in the early 2000s. And I still, to this day, find myself, whenever I'm watching a Cardinals game and someone hits a fly ball that has a chance of getting out, I I catch myself going, get up, get up, baby, get up. Oh, yeah. It's, uh, It's all just second nature to me, and that's because of Mike Shannon. Good stuff, John. I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way about those home run calls. In fact, I was listening to the opening drive today with Randy, Brooke, and Carrie, and they were talking to Joe Buck, and Joe Buck was talking about the uh, about Mike Shannon's uh, home run calls and just that that ability to know right off the bat that it was going to be it was going to be a home run and just call it. I mean, just right away, boom, home run. So. We're celebrating Mike Shannon. If you want to leave us a mic drop, great. 101 ESPN app, leave it. Probably play it at some point throughout the course of the show if you want to share a memory or like John just did, just something that you'll always remember from Mike Shannon as the broadcaster, the baseball player. Great. We'd love to have you today in the fast line. Jamie Rivers, Brad Thompson, I'm Anthony Stalter. You would mentioned Nolan Arenado, BT, and I know that you were, you were a pitcher, but you also broke down hitters as as a way to attack them and maybe find some weaknesses. 
Can you shed any light on what's going on with Nolan Arnato, even from whether it's a mechanical standpoint or things he's working on, whatever it may be, because this is not the Nolan Arnato that uh, that we that we know of. Well, first of all, just looking at Nolan right now, just from a pitcher standpoint, he is incredibly pitchable, which is something that you just don't see oftentimes with Nolan Arenado, right? It's he's struggling against the fastball. He's hitting under 200 against that pitch, and he's chasing wildly, especially when he gets two strikes. So the slider in the strike zone, he actually hits well, but he will chase it off the plate. He's got the highest two strike two strike chase rate in the game right now. So he's incredibly in between. And I think that from uh, just talking to those that are working with him and around him, uh, I don't like to bother him too much right now. <laughs> Let him go about his business. Uh, but he is uh, he's working through everything that he can think of to work through. But I feel like when you're watching Nolan right now at the plate, you can almost see him thinking, through everything and there's so much movement in everything that nolan does it's not your prototypical like how you teach most kids how to hit the feet are always moving he's got happy feet there's timing there's rhythm to it well the rhythm is off right now and he's super jumpy and even on pitches where he would normally murder he finds himself caught in between where he can't even pull the trigger right whether it's a, a fastball that catches too much of the plate he catches himself looking He's looking in, he gets it away. He's looking away, he's getting it in. So he's he is so in between on everything. We talked about a minute ago, some of these young guys never struggling at this level and how to process that. Well, Nolan Arenado is struggling. He struggled at the big league level before. And actually, we have a reference point of last year where he struggled mightily in May. His May numbers-wise actually look worse than we're seeing right now. I think optics-wise of him getting caught in between and chasing, I think it looks worse than it does uh, right this second. But Nolan is taking the weight, I believe. This is just my opinion, not necessarily his words. I think he's taking the weight of this team's struggles and putting it on his shoulder, and I think it's making it even more difficult for him. I feel like he's, he's trying everything that he's done in the past as far as his hitting mechanics and his thought process. But I just feel like everything and every at-bat he's trying to save the season with, and I don't care how good you are, that can't happen. So then how do you deal with that as a club? Like, because he's an MVP player. He is arguably the best third baseman in all of baseball. One of the best third basemen probably in the history of the game. And now he's going through these struggles as a manager, as a team, as a coaching staff. How do you try and help him through this? Do you let him yeah. just continue to get up there and hack and whack? Or do you say, hey, Nolan, take a weekend off. But then that yeah. looks bad on the player, you know, like because he's prideful. He, he doesn't want to sit in the bench. He doesn't. They did it the other day to him, though. They, they gave him a day off in San Fran, and it was, I believe it was the first day in San Francisco, and it was just a work day. He got there well before anybody with the hitting staff and just worked forever. And then Ollie told him, said, I don't care what the game situation is. You will not get an at-bat today. Don't put your cleats on. Don't even think about trying to take a competitive at-bat. Just take the rest of the day off and just mentally get away from it. And I think that you have to do that at times. But when you have a player like Nolan Arenado, who has all the the characteristics that you're talking about, Jamie, he wants to be in there. He wants to, to be there to help his ball club. 
I think you have to trust in him. You know, you, you go to him every day. You give him every resource that you could possibly have. Like, hey, Nolan, what do you need today? You need uh, if you need some flips, if you need this, if you need that, if you want a DH, if you want the day off, like what do you need? Because here's the reality of the situation, boys. The Cardinals cannot win without Nolan Arenado being Nolan Arenado. There is no way, shape or form that this team goes on some sort of a tear and Nolan Arenado is not a big part of it. Nolan knows that. Everybody knows that. I don't think he needs the reminder that this club is struggling mightily, that they're 10 games 10 games back of the Pirates right now, nine games under 500 in April, which they, they haven't seen a mark like that at the 10 games back of somebody in April since 1907, I believe the number is. So, look, history, history is always fun to watch. We're going to get a that chance was, to see uh, that this That year. was when schoolboy Rowe was at second base for your oh boy. Pittsburgh banana hammocks. Hmm. Uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah, they, they were good. The Boston Bean Eaters that year. Yeah. The old banana hammocks at it again. Uh, yeah, but it, it's been a minute. But no, like the the what do you do is you give him every opportunity to work through it because inevitably you know he will. I talked about that bad May that he had. Now it helped a little bit last year that that bad May where he ended up hitting 196, he had an OPS of 642 in May last year. It really helped that it came on the heels of him winning player of the month in April. But then he like disappeared. He was popping everything up. He just he just did not look like the same guy. He responded well in June, hit close to 300 with an OPS over 800 and then took off the rest of the year. You know it's going to click for him, but you're just not used to seeing these longer things settle in. So this is not a young player that has options. You bouncing back and forth this is a cornerstone of your organization that you have to just allow go out there you, you let him struggle you you hope he succeeds and you listen to him and you talk to him and you find out what he needs if he needs a day give him a day or if you look at him and say dude you need a day you give him a day maybe jamie to your point you give him a couple even when you really need uh, need those games because he is the key to the success for the Cardinals this year, even with all of the other flaws they have. That's Brad Thompson, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Stalter. It's the fast line on 101 ESPN. If they, well, do the Cardinals need a shakeup? I think a lot of people say yes, but where would that shakeup come from? That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Yes, guys, I wanted to chime in about Mike Shannon. He was such a kind and funny person. I always remembered how he described the baseball game and it seemed to come alive. And everybody's talking about famous quotes that he had. The one I always remembered is him saying, if you all could see the moon that I see right tonight, there you go. That was from Tim talking about <laughs> talk about one of his favorite quotes from Mike Shannon. <laughs> I mean, I think he may have done it exactly like Mike Shannon. You know, <laughs> I mean, the moon is—it's just one moon, obviously. But if you're—if there could be—it could be cloudy in another spot. You know. That's what he meant. Could yeah. I wish you by... folks back in St. Louis could see this. Yeah. Moon. Exactly. Yeah. 
Yeah, he probably could. Man. Like from his yeah. stance, from his stance, like from, sure. From his seat, from his no viewpoint, from the booth, Anthony. Exactly. Yes. All right, uh, Brad Thompson, Jamie Rivers, Anthony Seltzer, it's the fast lane on one hundred and one ESPN. I know a lot of Cardinals fans are begging for some sort of shake up here. Realistically, though, what what can be done to quote unquote shake things up? Give Taylor Motter more time, baby. BT, I mean, you went BT, and signed what, him again. BT, what <laughs> what can realistically be done? Why are you not taking my answer seriously? Uh, Look at what Paul DeYoung's uh, done. We put him back in. He's swinging. We put him back no. in. Taylor Motter, you don't have to put, put him back in. What are you talking about? He's never been in. There he was. He started the season here, yeah. opening day roster, Anthony. Did a lot of work to get here. Okay. I would just remind you with the, the uh, Motter coming back that uh, Motter came back to be on the bench. It wasn't another one of the guys that was going to be, you know, barking for playing time. They're going to need him there. Right. Um, but his spot, I guess, could be up for grabs. I mean, if you're looking for a scapegoat on the roster, the hard part is, like, how many movable parts do you actually have? Like, the pieces that everybody's tired of, for the most part, they're going to be here and they're going to continue to get opportunities. Like, your shakeups on this roster are really on the perimeter. It's like, oh, you want to take this bullpen guy out and bring this bullpen guy in? There is no blow-up trade to be made as of right now. Like It is so early in the season that you just don't have time for – or you just – those trades do not come this early as teams are still trying to figure out exactly what they are. So I, I don't have a great answer for that. Look, you might look at AAA and say, okay, well, Luke and Baker hit home runs in four straight. Maybe you bring him up and he's a bat on the bench. Now that would probably be at the cost of a modder, you know, chances are. Um, and the, the question is, Lucan plays one position. The guy that plays that position does it way better than he does. So Lucan would just be a bat off the bench or be a DH. And look, that, that could work at some point. But if he's a DH, then is Gorman playing second every day? Where is Donovan going to be? What about Tommy Edmond? What about Paul DeYoung? Like, there are so many moving parts that come with it. The only, like, big shakeup that I could see, and I don't, it doesn't help you offensively at all, is in your pitching staff, you are going to get Wayne right back, and I would assume that he'll be back next time out, probably against the Tigers, which in, uh, would have been Jake Woodford's spot. That's my guess. I have no idea. Just guessing. Uh, reading the tea leaves, if you will. And the other one is potentially, if Matt struggles again tomorrow against uh, the Anaheim Angels, the Angels of Anaheim, the <laughs> Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim, California, Nailed it. Uh, if he struggles against them, like that is one of the uncomfortable moves that we've talked about before where Matthew Libertor is throwing the ball very well. Maybe you think about, okay, well, this is something that mixes it up. You put another high impact lefty in the bullpen, potentially. I know he's making $11 million a year. It's an uncomfortable move, but it would be a move that would shake things up if he does not look like he's competing. Now, I was just talking. I was asking Anthony about that in the break. I'm like, do you bring up Libertor? I just wonder, BT, for a young guy like that who has not established himself yet in the majors and a team that is last place in their division and they're underperforming big time, do you put that pressure on him? Does a pitcher feel that pressure? I don't know. I don't think that that pressure would be on him as much, to be totally honest with you. I really I really don't uh, I, I don't think it would. I think that uh, he is throwing the ball well. It would be – I think it would be giving him 
what he deserves at this point. Like, he earned a spot. And I don't think that anybody if, – if Libby did get called up and put in the rotation, I don't think that our talking points would be – oh, here comes the savior. Here we go. Everybody jump on his back. I just don't believe that that would be the case. Um, and, and I think that when you get sent down to AAA and you get sent down with a job, like here is what we need you to work on. You need to prove that you can do this. They needed Matthew Libertor to go down there and prove that he can throw his fastball effectively, that he can keep his velocity up throughout a game, and then he could finish off hitters with his breaking ball. That's what he's done at AAA this year. He's good. He's put up good numbers. He has been the most consistent piece in that rotation over there in Memphis. You look at he's got 45 punch outs in 33 and two-thirds. He's 3-1 and one with a 2.14 ERA. Like, if if – he got called up, it would be because he earned it. But, Jamie, I don't, I don't think it would end up putting too much pressure on him. I really don't think that there's any guy right now that you call up and be like, all right, well, here comes the savior at this point. We realize that this team is built with Goldie and Arenado being the guy. You need more and more from Contreras. I think we saw some bright spots from him uh, with the bat during this uh, during this road trip. That's where your offense, your core has to be. And then you need to start getting a little more consistency from the other pieces. But I don't think that there's a savior to be had. But when you guys are looking at the idea of shaking up, like, like what do you see? What other ideas are coming in? I don't have the text line. Uh, I don't know about those. I The only other one I thought of was, you know, Juan Yepes coming mm-hmm. up and doing some damage. But I don't know how much of a difference maker your, that is either. Your problems, your problems are too vast right now. I mean, outside of a rebuild... Anthony, just tear it down. That's outside of tearing it down, starting over again. Jesus, Anthony, you got too many issues. You do. You have you have too you have too many problems. You got issues right now. though, Anthony. You've got issues that are taking their turn being the problem. Right. So it's I know, but that's <laughs> you're absolutely right. But that is, but ultimately, that's your biggest problem. Yeah, is you don't have one thing that you can just isolate and be like, oh, okay, mm-hmm. let's get to work or let's go find guys for this particular area. No, you've got the. Starters? Oh, not them today. Well, it's going to be the bullpen. Not them. Well, the offense is going to dry up. Oh, all of a sudden, maybe uh, some outfield blunders going on one day. It's just, it's a roaming problem to which you can't fully fix. Right. If it was just one fire, you could uh, potentially take the oxygen right out of it. You're good, right? Yeah, if you have one fire, one fire extinguisher, your odds are pretty good. Right now, though, it's the fire has jumped. Hmm. Uh, from your hand to the carpet. Now the carpet's on fire. Uh, pretty soon and somebody the walls... put gasoline in the fire extinguisher. That's the problem. And then wow. the walls caught on fire. And then, yes, you reach for that yeah. fire extinguisher and you're spreading gasoline. So yeah, that's where the cars are at right now. Sounds positive. Sure. Let me leave you with this, okay? Um, April showers bring May flowers. You know what I mean, guys? Mm-hmm. All of those dark times, gloomy days, soggy. Sad, wet, bring beauty and flowers Mm. and hits and homers and victories and complete games, at least victories. They bring all kinds of good things. Sure. So we've weathered the darkest times. Pretty much historically (laughs) have weathered the darkest times here for the Cardinals. There is just no way on earth this team can be as bad as they've played. Now, uh, the the future might say, hold my beer, Brad, watch this. <laughs> but I, I just I still don't believe it to be the case. I don't. 
Oh, there we go. Eight over now. And now the Cardinals will soar because they're home now. Show will cry on Wednesday because they'll take his lunch and beat him down because they are so damn good. You know what? I think I needed that. I needed that one big time. Now, I don't know what the delay is like. Uh, I was pretty good on all of these. Yeah. It was fine. But it was fine. I mean, it sounded like Wayne on a little game. bit of there's yeah, it's <laughs> a little bit of a delay. <laughs> I nailed it then. Yeah, yeah, you did, yeah totally you did, nailed it, Brad. Absolutely, That's exactly yeah. what we're. And getting. people are now fired up. Uh huh. I'm feeling it. Everything's different now. Yep. I wish Cardinal fans could see how you guys view this team. Yeah, well, yeah. they're gonna feel it after Brad was saying. Which Cardinals fan can see how fired up Anthony is? I'm very fired yeah. up. Well, I got my be patient T-shirt not on like right now. Anthony fired up, but like no. be patient. Fired Andy's up. wearing sweatpants. Yeah, well, these are uh, he's fired up. All like, right, they're the windbreakers. You know, mm-hmm. I actually had my be patient shirt on at the uh, at the gym the other day in San Francisco, and Mo was in there. I kind of just walked the other way. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you should have taken it oh. BT and said, hey, remember that T-shirt we're supposed to give you? Here, take mine, Mo. I, I owe you one. I would love to see this face. You walking out bare-chested, sweaty, I, uh, be patient T-shirt. I pick my times. I pick my times for my jokes, okay? I pick my times. Nice job. Well, Brad, enjoy being back home for a little bit. Hey, it's going to be great. Look, again, we have seen as bad of baseball top to bottom as we could see in a month. I'm ready to see some good baseball starting tomorrow. And if it doesn't happen, look, I'm going to join you Friday either way. Win, lose, or draw, we're going at it. Now we're talking. BT, be good. We'll talk to you again soon. All right, fellas. Have a great rest of the show. Thank you, sir. That's Brad Thompson. That's our Cardinals Power Hour here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Something glorious happened last night. In the world of sports, and Jamie actually called it. We'll tell you what that is next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. One of the things that uh, remind me of Mike Shannon was just listening to a ball game on the radio. And if he said grab a Budweiser and I was even by myself, by golly, I felt like I was drinking one with him. R.I.P. Mike. (laughs) Nice. There's Rodney leaving a mic drop on Mike Shannon. Uh, You can feel free to leave us a mic drop as well. Talk to us about your favorite moments, your favorite Mike Shannon moments, favorite quotes. The legendary Cardinals player and broadcaster passing away on Saturday. But there are so many moments. I'd I'd said Jamie at the start of the show that I know for a lot of people, he was the soundtrack of their summers in St. Louis. So a lot of people wanting to, you know, kind of pay their respects in at least this way here in the fast lane. And we're, uh, we're, we're, we'd love to hear from you today. So any thoughts that you have, but that was Rodney. Good stuff from Rodney. Last night, Jamie, you had called something. About a week ago, week and a half ago, and I didn't see it coming with the way that this team was playing. But with the way that uh, I just don't like Boston sports, what? I got to tell you, watching the Bruins fall it just just in, in an epic way, I kind of digged it. <laughs> you sick son and of And at a- the hands of a St. Louis, no less, in Matthew Kachuk, and yep. what a performance he had. How about Carter? Uh, 
Verhage. Verhage. Outstanding. A little toe drag, top shelf on that one. No big deal on Ooh, that. baby. But Boston, historic season, couldn't beat them at home. They get into a series. They go up 3-1 on Florida. Yeah, it's over. And collapse. That's it. It's over, Anthony. You're historically the greatest team ever in regular season. Yeah. It's over. You're up 3-1. This is done. Mm-hmm. Make the reservations for the next round. Right. We're going here. Yeah. Not, not so, so fast. fast. No. Not so fast. Well done, by the way. You as well. Just one more thing on that. We, we can now view this as the greatest collapse in sports history. But not nah. to that locker room. No, in that locker room for sure. Greatest. Yeah. What I'm saying is there are no other collapses hmm. in professional sports that match up with what we just saw from mm-hmm. Boston. We'll just that sure. is the the biggest collapse ever. No. Maybe yeah. um, at least in the first round. For yeah, sure. no, I just mean, ever in Boston, any, and in any sport. Had Boston mm-hmm. been up, like oh I don't know five one, ten minutes left in the third period, mm-hmm. yeah. and then end up losing. Yeah, that's a real collapse. Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying though? No, I don't. Huge collapse by yeah. Boston. Go ahead. It was incredible. It really was. But it, you know, to, going back to, you know, we'll call it my bold prediction. I, I didn't really feel it was that bold, picking the Panthers in that series, Just from the way the from a roster construction standpoint. Two things were going to happen. One of two things. Was Boston was either just going to be so talented and so good that Florida was just a non-issue, which what it looked like. Through four games, they're up three to one. It's like, okay, they're just too good, too powerful. Mm-hmm. Or the Florida Panthers were going to be so physical and gritty and grind it out and get in your face that they're going to take some of that talent away from the Bruins, which is ultimately what happened. And our guy, Matthew Kachuk, Decided to make himself the star of the show. And I think he's pissed off everybody in Boston, <laughs> which is funny because all of his family's from Boston <laughs> on his dad's side. All the Kachucks and like you name it, they've got a massive amount of family in the Boston area. That's incredible. And he's public enemy number one for yeah. running players over, face washing guys, tripping guys, punching goalies in the face, trying to fight the goalie. Eh, shouldn't have been standing there. But here's the thing. Here's the kicker about Matthew Kachuk. He does all of this stuff and then goes and scores five goals, six assists, leads the series with 11 points. Yeah, he's not Dylan Brooks. No, he's words. not Dylan Brooks. And if you look at the game-winning goal in overtime, Matthew Kachuk that's exactly what he does best. He was down low, caused a turnover, then just used his butt, just like his dad, big old Walt, you know, that Clydesdale ass that you couldn't move in front of the net. <laughs> He'd stick his quarter-wide butt out there, and you'd be like, what am I going to do now? What am I going to do? Anybody got a Mack truck to move this guy? Matthew does the same thing, sticks his butt out, protects the puck. Ultimately, the puck ends up on Verhege's stick. And then what does Matthew Kachuk do? Something the Blues did not do consistently all year long. He goes right to the front of the net and screens the goalie. Wow, he can't score there. Right to the front of the net and screens the goalie, Anthony. Mm -hmm. And the puck goes top shelf. That shot might have beat the goalie anyways, a hell of a shot. But nonetheless, he took away his eyes for a split second, and it does make a difference. So stylistically, I felt the Panthers had a chance. Stylistically, they have a chance against the Maple Leafs too. Oh, man. I'm telling you right now because the Maple Leafs now – they, they, you got to go through a war sometimes to understand what it is to be a championship team. And the Tampa Bay Lightning went through those wars over the years and became that team. They became the bar, the measuring stick. 
Tampa and Toronto went tooth and nail at each other. So Stamkos beating the wheels off of Austin Matthews in a fight, but Matthews actually dropped his gloves. He actually fought back. And then for the team to come back in that series, that was like their coming out party. Like, wow, we can do this. We can be that team now. We we took the punches in the face, and we still won the series. That's going to be an interesting one. Can they handle Matthew Kachuk? And it's I know it's only one guy, and they got a bunch of you know very talented players in Florida. But can you handle Matthew Kachuk? Mm-hmm. Because he's going to get in the crease. He's going to bump your goalie. He's going to run over Mitch Marner. He's going to stick Austin Matthews. Then he's going to toe drag you and put it top shelf. And you're going to be like son of a. And everybody in Toronto is going to want to just absolutely murder Matthew Kachuk. He is going to be Canada's public enemy number one. Remember me saying this, okay? Within two games, maybe even game one, that whole country is going to be like, we can't stand this guy. And if that's the case, Florida wins the series. They already hate him in Calgary. Actually, not really. Nah, no, they, they hate they, him in Edmonton. Every, yeah, yeah, Edmonton, sure, Edmonton yeah. they absolutely hey, hate his guts. What do you guys? What do you guys think of the Florida Panthers not allowing uh, non-U.S. citizens to purchase tickets? I know this has been a situation before. I know yeah. this is nothing new. Dallas and but come Nashville on. have done it. I hate that. So here's the reason why, Anthony. <clears throat> well, they're all going to the Marlins games. You know, yeah, that's, that's true. All those fans are going yeah. to the Marlins games. That's oh, they a good got good point, pitching. Marcy. I was thinking something different. But that's a really good point. Hmm. I was more along the lines of there are a ton of people, Canadian people, that they winter in Florida. Mm -hmm. I mean, massive amounts of people, the snowbirds come down and they visit and they stay there for four or five months of time. So they have residences, but they're not U.S. citizens. Mm -hmm. And so they love hockey. They're Maple Leafs fans, a lot of them. So I know what the Florida Panthers are trying to do. Let's get our fans here. We don't want to come out to... 5,000 Panthers fans, and then 11,000 Maple Leaf jerseys in the crowd. Right. I see what they're doing. I don't necessarily agree with it. I think that the Florida fans, they have been in this situation before. They have shown up. They've sold that building out without worrying about who is a resident of what country or what citizenship they are. I say you just let it play out, but, you know, it is what it is. Can I say something? No. It's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. I think it's embarrassing. Packers too. fans don't have to do that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's because they're sold out till Cowboys fans don't have to do that. Steelers don't have to do that. Yankees, okay. Cardinals you, fans, hey, you don't Anthony, have to do that. Stop. St. Louis doesn't have to do that. Stop. It's crap. Stop. You just named every iconic franchise <laughs> in sports. He did. You don't the, like the Florida, Florida Panthers. Panthers. Like, come on, what bro. Mean? They, they've been to Stanley Cup. There. They All throw right. mice on the, the ice. The Milwaukee Brewers don't have to do that. Well, they don't make the playoffs. They will this year. Yeah, they will. Well, no, they won't. Man. Pirates are running away. With Pirates it, fans don't have to do that. <laughs> I understand what you're saying. I don't like it's embarrassing. it embarrassing. It is embarrassing, but what are you going to do? What are you going to do? My thing is the NHL should punish them mm-hmm. by forcing them to get to rid of trade well, Matthew yeah, yeah, to the Blues. To the Blues. I'm just throwing out <laughs> a guys, team. Guys, we don't have the salary Man. cap space. No, yeah. Yeah. Well, mm. I'm, Never. I was gonna, so the going to say something, but <laughs> I won't. The Kraken, the Kraken beat the uh, the Avalanche, which was nice yeah, to see how about that? as well. Let's get yeah. Kraken. Huh? Do you think the Blues could have, if they would have made the playoffs with no. this roster, do you think no. they could have no. made anything happen with no. with no. how things are going? No, I no, think okay. Seattle. Just, out there. The roster just wasn't good enough. No, exactly. Seattle, Seattle is a good Seattle team. Good, yeah, Seattle. At least I, I realize that Seattle was a was a heavy underdog in. Mm-hmm. 
each and every one of their games against Colorado. But Seattle, Seattle has elements. They had elements within their roster. Their speed, as Jamie has pointed out, they got that frightening ass mascot that haunts dreams. It has a, it has a beard now. Of course it does. Bowie has because a playoff, it's a playoff beard. beard. Makes it even playoff more terrifying. Bowie with the playoff beard. That, yeah, I don't know, man. Exactly. I don't know if I can handle that. No wonder Colorado fell. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Who's their next Bowie opponent? Bowie was in there sharpening Nathan McKinnon's skates. Yeah. Before yeah. Game Who are they playing next? They're playing the Minnesota. Or Dallas? Dallas Stars. Dallas, I meant. They match yeah. up well against Dallas. They're so fast. Yeah. They play Seattle. a very fast game. Dallas can't score. Give me Man. Seattle. Oh, Dallas. Joe Pavelski's coming. It's going to be a good yeah. series. Vegas. Uh, Vegas and Edmonton. Vegas, Edmonton's intriguing one. as hell. Yeah. I think the winner, the winner of that goes series to goes to the cup. All right. Fair enough. Calling Fair enough. it now. I don't, I don't know how I feel about the Eastern Conference now. It's wide open now. I used to got one more game tonight, too. I well, the have, Rangers. Like, the Rangers lose to the Devils. Yeah, then you have the Devils and Hurricanes, which I'm like, That's what is boring. this, 2002, 2003? Hmm. Like, I don't know. It's it's boring. The East has become somewhat boring now. And I'm, no, the East isn't boring. That series in particular that is, is that's a little bit of a snoozer. Yeah. But you go to the Leafs and the Panthers, that's going to be, be a good. war. That's going to be yeah. fun. No, it'll be fun for sure. I think Leafs, Bruins would have been a better matchup for the league, but I'm glad that Boston lost, and I'm glad that Colorado lost. Who do you Great. got tonight? Devils, Rangers. I got the Rangers. Um, Who do you want to win, though? Rangers. No, for real. You want oh, them yeah. to win? Absolutely. I, I think the Rangers are going to win. Who am I rooting for on the I'd Devils? I'd like the Devils Any, to win. I'm rooting for the Devils. Hardcore. You got Panarin uh-huh. with I, the Rangers. I don't care. You've got uh, old buddy Tank. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Patrick Kane. You got Patrick Kane. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because Blues fans want Patrick Kane to win. Yeah. You got, uh, well, the Rangers have other they players. They got Igor Shesterkin. Yeah. Zin- Zinajabad. What's this guy's name? Zibanejad. Yeah. Chris Kreider, who's Chris the best Kreider. hockey Absolutely. player on planet Earth right now. Yeah. I just want the Rangers. Other than Matthew Kachuk. Why? Lots of reasons. They got Richter. They got Leach. They yeah, got no, not anymore. That, those guys were good, though. They got. Uh, I'll tell you that much. Gretzky was there for Anthony. A I saw Aaron Rodgers rooting for the Rangers oh, the other it. day. Get that punch of switch? karma all over them. I'll take the Devils. <laughs> it's Fastlane on 101 ESPN. <laughs> we'll get back into the Cardinals. Uh, where do you where do you go? Like I don't know. I almost feel ridiculous talking talking about one one play, one item, one decision. I mean, this is just a bad team. That's next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. my favorite Mike Shannon moments. It was probably the late 80s, maybe early 90s. There was a game that had a rain delay and then went into extra innings. It was about 1.30 in the morning and Mike says, if this game goes on any longer, folks, we're gonna be having a cold, frosty Budweiser with our bacon and eggs. 
<laughs> Good stuff, Jerry. Jerry left us a mic drop on Mike Shannon. If you would like to do the same thing, you've been listening to the mic drops throughout the course of the show today. Love to have you partake in it as uh, as we honor the man, the myth, the legend, Mike Shannon, who passed away on Saturday. With Jamie Rivers, I'm Anthony Stolzer. It's the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Unfortunately for his Cardinals, they're not playing well. They got swept by the Dodgers what? and... Yeah, no, that's correct. Uh, one of the one of the plays. I really from, thought I was going to come back from Mexico and see that the Cardinals were on some kind of a heater. No, that's that didn't happen. That's incorrect. I was looking at the standings and I went, "Son of a batch of biscuits!" Yeah, Pirates still in first. Huh? How about that? The old Buckos still winning. That's nasty. So Dylan Carlson was up to bat in the ninth inning on Saturday. Played a great game. Had a couple of really nice plays out in the field. The one where he makes kind of the over the shoulder as he's darting back. Not an easy play to make when the ball is a rocket right at you in center field, but he makes it anyways. Also made a diving diving play at one point. Uh, Ollie wanted to give him a chance to hit as well in the ninth inning, Jamie. And one of the questions that you had, I think, was a question that a lot of people had. Why not Nolan Gorman. Yeah. You have a grizzly bear sitting right there in your dugout that is absolutely pulverizing right-handed pitching. I mean, you don't play him against lefties. That's fine. But right-handed pitching. And you even, like, let's go a step further. You had Alec Burleson available. Burley certainly might. He's my second choice by a landslide on that one. Why do you stay with Dylan Carlson? Oddly enough, Ollie Marmel was asked following the game. About this decision. I want Ollie to speak before I go any further. Um, at some point, we got to find out. And uh, this is a guy that's running all over the field, making plays for us and, and showing that he wants he wants it. So you give him a shot at it there. You can go either way. And Dylan, uh, that's an opportunity there in the way he plays center field. We wanted to give him a shot. And uh, he's into the game mentally, emotionally. And um, we want to see what he can do there. So the question I have for Ollie, my follow-up question would have been, were you more worried about the next defensive play or were you worried about creating some offense at that point? Because Ollie referenced over twice or three times was how good he was in the outfield. He'd mm-hmm. come up with a big catch. You didn't need a catch. You didn't. You, need, you needed somebody to hit the baseball. And no matter how good Dylan Carlson um, has played or sporadically played, from the left side of the plate, he's not good. He's not as good. He's certainly not as good as Gorman or Burleson. And you had those two guys sitting there. You can't tell me with the depth that you have for your outfield, never mind offense and the struggles and the hot and cold, defensively, the depth that you have, that you couldn't plug in Nolan Gorman there for a pinch hit and then send in somebody else to play the outfield that would have been okay. Yeah. Slide Newt over to center field, put – Burleson out there. Whatever. This is, where, this is why you have uh, every player can play like 92 positions. Correct. On the damn roster. You Gorman in at second, move Donnie out to the outfield. Who right. cares? I just don't understand the thought process behind that. I'm not a numbers guy at all. But I do know the numbers are astronomically in favor of putting Gorman in there as a hitter as opposed to Dylan Carlson. Mm-hmm. Especially in a 1-0 game. I don't. I don't just, get that. You, you need you need Gorman to run into one. This is a small thing in a month of bad baseball, but it does play into mm. not only fans' frustrations but our frustrations as well. 
I think it's a consistency thing. We've talked about Nolan Gorman not hitting against left-handed pitching, and you don't do that because of the numbers. The numbers bear out that he is not as good against left-handed pitching than, let's say, um, you know, a right-handed hitter, whoever they would throw in that situation. We've seen it a few times. So it's like, okay, are you going to be consistent with that thought process of sticking to the numbers? You're going to go with your gut because some guys had a good game. No, you know, I want you to pick one or the other. So I think some fans could be frustrated from that aspect. I get you want to keep him in because he's having a good game. You want to get him going. You want to get all these guys going. Yeah, but you also like to win a game. Exactly. Exactly. So I think some fans would like a little bit of consistency when it comes to that. And that's kind of where I fall as well. You know, I don't want to blame Ollie because, you know, I believe that they should keep Nolan Gorman in for lefties to get that experience against lefties. Maybe you should do the same for for Dylan Carlson, but at the same time, it's got to be one of those things where you have to win games right now. I don't care about feelings or whatnot. You do have to play those matchups. So I, I understand. I just wish there was a little bit of consistency there. You can't play the matchups all the time and then pull out the gut feeling card. Right. That's exactly what you I'm know, saying. Like, it, it, we all applaud the manager when they have that gut feeling, that baseball instinct mm-hmm. about a player, and then it works out. Well, but, there's the there's the key. Uh, right. But it has to work out. And as soon as it doesn't work out, you look at the numbers. Mm -hmm. This team has been, we'll say, analytically driven for the most part. And I don't mean like all the numbers, but if you're a lefty against a righty, the the batting order literally changes for the Cardinals, depending on if a righty or a lefty is on the bump for the opposition. The top of the order and the bottom of the order order sometimes flip-flop and Mm -hmm. Ollie moves things around. Why? Because of the matchups. Yep. So you can't pull out the, uh, I had a baseball guy gut feeling. Yeah, he's having a good game, so yeah. I'll, yeah. Why? I know what you're saying. If you're 10 games above 500, yeah, fine. You got a, you got a player you want to get going, then go for it. Last year, I think it was Paul DeYoung. Um, there was an opportunity for him, and I, I think it worked out. He hit a double or something down the line, and, and Ollie was like, ah, you know, I just – had a feeling about this. And we all, oh, that's great. But then he did it again with the young another time, and it didn't, like, the numbers didn't bear it out, and there wasn't the success of the at-bat. Yeah. And it was, again, it was a gut feeling thing. And I know the players appreciate that from time to time, that the manager's got to tr- you know, trust in him, and he's got to feel for him. I'm having a heck of a game. But you're, what, 10 games under 500 right now? Mm-hmm. What are you, 10 and 19 on the season? 10 and 19, yes. Yeah, so nine. you're nine games Yep. under 500. You can't do it. You can't. At that point, you go, who are my sure things right now? The closest I can get to a sure thing is Gorman. My second best bet is Burleson. My third choice offensively in this situation is Dylan Carlson. Right. I've got to go with the hot hand or the hot bat. Yeah. It's nasty. I just don't get it. Yeah. It's it I mean, there's there's a there's a lot to break down here. That's just a the, little part of what the larger problem has exactly. been this season. You're, I mean, okay, so you can question that decision. But is the manager and, starting to question things? Like, that's what I worry about right now is we're questioning the offense, but is the manager starting to question, his, like, his own philosophies at this point? Oh, I'm sure he is. I mean, that's dangerous. You can't do that. You I'm can't sure. start flip-flopping around with your your ideas or your, your what your team is made up. You, you can't flip-flop that. I'm with you, but I think it speaks You can't to, do it, Anthony. I think, Jamie, it speaks to the larger point. They don't have an identity. We talk about this all the time with the Blues. Yeah. We we use the I word all the time with the Blues. Identity. Does, have, does this team have an identity? 
What's the Cardinals' identity right now? What do they fall back on? There's Same nothing. identity the Blues had this year was inconsistency. Absolutely. The Blues didn't have – they lacked an identity. They lacked a way that when blank is hitting the fan, they fall back to this. The Cardinals don't have that. I've, I mean, I, I've been on radio now in St. Louis for, for over 10 years. This is the first time I could say with honesty that – th- well, at least they have – you can't complete that sentence right now. I have seen bad offensive teams, but at least they had pitching and defense. I have seen, you know, like the 2013 team that hit a bunch of the, that hit all those doubles. You know, it's a team that lived and died by the extra base hits. Fall back on that. You can't. You don't. There's nothing to fall back on right now for this Cardinals team. They're not doing anything specifically well. At least not consistently. And to your earlier point, Jamie, it's like they've, they're taking turns messing up. The starting pitching had its turn. The offense is having its turn. The bullpen has have, had its turn. The defense has yeah. had its turn. It's nasty right now. There's nothing good right now it's about this It's the most Cardinals dangerous team. situation to be in to where the problems rotate. They roam yes. throughout the team. Absolutely. What's trending is next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. What's trending in the world of sports? The Fast Lane has you covered. What's trending now? Brought to you by Goodwill. Donate to Goodwill and get a half-price Cardinals ticket voucher. Welcome back to the Fast Lane here on 101 ESPN. Anthony Stalter, Jamie Rivers is back from Mexico. I am Andrew Marsh, and it is time for What's Trending. What is trending, fellas? Jamie's Speedo was trending last week. (laughs) We even had Matt Holiday on the show, and this is what Matt had to say regarding Jamie's wardrobe. Uh, The confidence to go uh, Instagram with a Speedo on. I'm assuming he lost a bet, or maybe he's just feeling it. I don't know. I was a little caught off guard, I'll be honest. I appreciate it. Like I'm I'm uh I mean, for those that are confident enough to go there with the the speedo, good for him. That's right, Matt Holiday. That's right. <laughs> I didn't lose a bet. I did not lose a bet. That's nah, just Jamie. That was uh premeditated. Uh question, Jamie. Sure, Anthony. I know that before you went to Mexico the first time yeah. that you had planned out the the uh speed speedo. Was it a tiger? It was a leopard, leopard face with leopard print. Yes. Yeah, okay, very so exclusive. You, you laid it out for us. You you laid out <laughs> Yes, very exclusive. Yes. <laughs> you laid out how you were going to surprise your girlfriend Ashley with said speedo on. Correct. Uh to take the photo and all that. So yeah. I, I get that. Now, we knew, Marsh and I knew, because you like to share your Speedo news with us, that you were going to get a new Speedo with pineapples on them and Ashley's face on those pineapples. Yes. I thought it was creative. I thought it was a great, just a great idea. Thank you, Anthony. When I saw the photo, yeah, I was shocked to find your face on Ashley's bottoms. On the bottom really, of the... Though? the uh, let me rephrase. Publicly. Oh. And on social media. Oh, and on the swimsuit. I was surprised that your face was on, was on the swimsuit okay. of Ashley's swimsuit yeah. bottoms. Uh-huh. Yeah. So was she planning that? So here's the funny story behind it is I found out that my girlfriend's just as sick and twisted as I am. Because uh, 
obviously I planned it out. I told you guys, and I was like, this is gonna be hilarious, you know? And again, I had no plan for the reveal. Just put it on, and like the timing will let me know mm -hmm. when to reveal the Speedo, which by the way, was at her sister's wedding. All her family, friends sitting there, mom, dad, sisters. It's nice of you to share that with them. Children, Anthony. Of course. Um, anyways, so I had the mom just kind of like, okay, we'll see where this goes. She decides that, uh, she's like, I'm gonna go reapply sunscreen in the bathroom. Like, that's weird, because usually it's just reapply, but whatever, you know? I'm several drinks in at this point, I don't care. Yeah. Go ahead, honey. She comes back, and uh, off goes the cover-up, and there is this leopard print top, and then the bottom with my face on the crotch and on the behind. Mm -hmm. Mind you, wearing the 101 ESPN hat, hat representing the brand <laughs> at the time. Yeah, Always on that. brand, Anthony. That's nice. And uh, so everybody's laughing, and I'm sitting there in my mind, I'm going, really? Hmm. Okay. I mean, how is that? Is that what we're doing here? She's like, laughing. Oh, we're laughing. She's like, I got him this got time. Him. Yeah. And I just went, <laughs> down goes the gear. <laughs> Out come the Speedos with her face all over it at the same time. And so she's like, son of a. She was the one time I thought I had you. Because she knew I didn't bring the leopard print. She's yeah. suspicious the whole time that I had something up my sleeve, but uh -huh. not, you know, that, or something up my shorts. Yeah. Can you say that? Uh, sure. Something down your shorts. Yeah. Either or. It works. Mm -hmm. But yeah, so we had the uh, the reveal, and then we had the big That's laugh. That's incredible. And then we both strutted around with our um, our face prints on for, for quite other. a while. Yeah. She shed it first. I mean, like, changed back to that makes sense. her first one. Uh-huh. And uh, yeah, I stuck it out. And for those of you wondering, they were right side up pineapples, okay? They weren't upside down. People, there's a symbol for something for that, Anthony. Oh. Yeah. I'm glad you clarified. Mm -hmm. Okay. And uh, yeah, these were right side up pineapples for all you troublemakers out there. <laughs> uh, nice job, Jim. But it was a thing of beauty nonetheless, Anthony. That's amazing. A good time was had by all. Nobody got hurt that I know of. And. Um, I'm a lot closer with her family. How many drinks in were you when you accepted our phone call to play in the gauntlet? I can't believe you did that. Oh. If you I had to estimate. I was on a torrid pace that day. Uh, 10 to 12, probably. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You did well. Not at the gauntlet, but just holding it in. Yeah. You know, keeping it together, not dropping an F-bomb or something. I, um... I kept telling myself, then I, well, let me walk you through the process here. I kept telling myself, don't drop the F-bomb, don't drop the S-bomb. Mm -hmm. But so much so that I started to get worried that you, you think about it so much, yeah, you, like, you might actually say it. Sure. So that's why I, I, uh, I told Marshy when we got on, like, hey, get ready on the, on the dump button there. Because mm -hmm. uh, I just don't know where this is going. You told us also when you got on air. Did that I? same thing. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I'll take your word for it, Anthony. <laughs> Either, congratulations to the gauntlet contestant. Yeah. But, uh, no, we had a great time. It Good. was a beautiful wedding. The family did a great job. I did not intervene and take over. Uh, I felt like it was probably just the wrong spot to do it. Uh, you know, didn't give a speech, but boy, I you tore up that it. dance floor. Yeah, you did. Oh, baby. Good. Good man. These Good to have you back, lie, Jamie. Anthony. Oh, I realize that. Yeah.
<laughs> Shakira's got nothing on you. Go ahead, Marsh. Do we need to get into anything else? Not really. No. Not well, really. real quick, Bryce Harper is set to return to the Phillies lineup on Tuesday. So 159 days after having surgery on his throwing elbow, he is expected to rejoin the team as the designated hitter. So the Phillies are getting a little bit better. Or, you know, they should. Good for them, Marsh. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Just good for them. Well, they are one of the teams that uh, haven't been playing all too well. No. Along with the Cardinals. No, the Philly, the Philly stink at 15 and 14. Your Cardinals, they're... There's lying in the weeds at nine, at 10 and 19. I saw a meme yesterday. It was like where each team would sit at the lunch table based on their records. Mm. And it was the Cardinals, the Nationals, wow, the Tigers, Oof. and the Rockies. Aye. That's where we're at. What about the A's? Oh, yeah. I believe. I think the A's might have been sitting by themselves. Okay. Hmm. The Royals. Anyways. All right. Uh, your Cardinals weren't the only St. Louis team to lose this weekend. We'll get into the other misery next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. One of my favorite memories of Mike Shannon, um, a great call. I mean, he did a lot of great calls, but this was early in the probably 82 season. Uh, me and my dad out barbecuing in the backyard, drinking Miller High Life in the bottle, uh, sitting there relaxing, ninth inning, and all of a sudden, Bummer stealing home. He is safe, and the Cardinals win. Well, it was great. It was made my day. I think the Miller High Life helped too, but it was great. Uh, Jamie, I'm seeing a bit of a theme for Mike Shannon. Mike drops throughout the course of the show. It's basically love to listen to Mike. Represented the Cardinals. And he also represented uh, us drinking beer. That's kind of the theme I'm getting. I don't know if you guys get the same thought, but well, Anthony, crack it open a cold one and listen to the Cardinals game. And Mike Shannon. Do you ever have the, uh, did you ever have the pleasure of meeting Mr. Shannon? No. Okay. I didn't, actually. Well, let me tell you something mm-hmm. about Mike Shannon. It's not a beer he didn't like. Never a time he didn't want to enjoy one, and never a moment he didn't want to laugh. Nice. So those three things together were epic. And, again, did more. Boy, that could have been, that could, that could be like a perfect eulogy. I mean, you just, like, that's that was very poetic. Oh, okay. Will you do my eulogy, Jamie, is what I'm saying. Oh, sure, Anthony. Thank you. I'll carve out some time next week. Appreciate you. Yep. Um, but Mike Shannon was always the uh, life of the party. Again, he reminded me so much uh, of Bobby Plager. And uh, I never saw them together, although I do know they were friends. Those two telling stories with, oh, I don't know, a tub full of beer. That would have been epic. Now, that in the day would have been a podcast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Those two would have been incredible. So, it, no it, Mike Shannon will be missed big time. Uh, a massive piece of St. Louis history, not just the baseball team. Again, he was another ambassador for the city. That's what I said about Bobby Plager when he passed. You know, we didn't just lose the St. Louis Blues guy, we lost an ambassador for the city. Yeah. So, yeah, he will be missed. It's amazing, too how he went to Mizzou and was on their freshman football team 
and the the Mizzou coaching staff talked about how good he was and had he stayed, you know, because he signed with the Cardinals, had he stayed, he could have won a Heisman Trophy in football. That's how good of an athlete Mike Shannon was. A hell of a player. No doubt. So We did get a question from the 636. Are we sure Mike Shannon isn't your dad, Jamie? Dad Rivers. No, I'm not sure, but uh, be proud to have him. Well said. That's Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter. We do need a gauntlet contestant, so if you want to participate in the gauntlet, 314-399-9646 of the year, comfort service tax line. Again, just text in gauntlet, and you have an opportunity to face Marsh, Jamie, or myself today in about, uh, well, less than 10 minutes. City SC loses to Portland. <sighs> they lose to Portland in just frustrating fashion. They had tied the game late, so they go to, they they give up a goal on a penalty kick, John Nelson was called for a handball in the box. St. Louis goalkeeper Roman Burke. You can't use your hand in the box. Anyway. That's correct. I mean, you, Not you can, this. but you, the referee catches. If you don't get away with it. If you're on the pitch, yeah, you cannot use your hand in the box. No. Sometimes, to touch the ball. No, exactly. And if you have your hand in the box, you can uh, accidentally touch the ball. Mm-hmm. Um, but You just got to be careful is be what careful. you're saying. Yeah. yeah. So Roman Berkey guesses wrong on the penalty kick. I mean, it happens. It's that's that's a tough spot, obviously Should've for Berkey. Really. Should have had it, but you know, what are you gonna do? So Evander hits the penalty shot. They go up one zero. St. Louis ties it on a sweet play, and then they give up the go ahead goal, and they lose two one to the Portland Timbers. Not a great thing. That's not a great team either. Okay. I mean, City's a good team, but Portland not a great team. Consider consider this part of like my notes, okay? Because I do I do the St. Louis City notes. Yeah. I'm being serious here. I don't know. And Jamie, I actually asked you this in the break, so I will ask I I, I will ask soccer fans this. Just, just take it easy. Take a deep breath, soccer fan. Before before I ask this, okay? No, can't kill us. Take Release a deep the Kraken. Because I'm I'm <laughs> I'm actually. Asking a a question here. I don't know. I don't know your sport. Take a deep breath. <laughs> By the way, and Air realize Comfort I'm not Service trolling. Text line three one four three nine 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 six four six. Realizing I'm not trolling when asked. I don't know. Why do all the keepers, after making a save or allowing a goal, immediately start screaming? At their teammates. Stop yelling at me! I'm dead serious. I don't understand. Somebody teach me. Somebody teach me this. Berkey gave up. Berkey gave up the goal, and he he death stares. Yeah. He death stares his his teammate who 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 tried to track the ball. Why are you pointing at me? I was pointing at the wall. Marshy, don't he's make playing Berkey right now. You better deal with it. They, okay. So to me. If if I if I were the keeper on this, I would immediately start yelling at Marsh. I don't know. I don't know yeah. this certain You'd thing. Immediately that show up your teammate. Yes, that's what we call it. All the keepers do it. Okay, so it's not it's not acceptable in hockey. Oh no no! I've seen many of locker room square ups. Sure. Over calling somebody out over like at, right on the ice in front of all the other yeah. you know, teammates, the other team, the fans, TV, and before it's like really, you're calling me out really. Okay, just wait till next time. 
when you let a squibbler in, I'm calling your ass out. I'm going to point at you and be like, "War worry on that one." That is that is the thing that I think about. Now I understand quarterbacks will yell at a receiver if he runs the route the wrong route. I get that aspect of it. Not on every pass play. I'm talking about every save or every goal that is allowed. The keeper is all over, and it's every single team. It's every game that I've seen. There must be something to it. Can somebody explain this to me? I don't get it either. I, I don't understand how it's allowed. And I've told you this in the break. I'm like, it just seems like the thing to do. I watch a lot of different soccer leagues, and the goalies are, they're not the captain, because the captain wears a little band on his arm. But the, 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 the goalie's kind of like the quarterback. Mm-hmm. He's yelling out things and calling out coverages and things like that. Like, lot, fine, cool. Which is fine. I get that. But the part I don't get is that when things go awry, it's like the goalie is completely pissed off that he had to make a save. Yes. I'm, I'm sitting there going, well, that's your job. Right. You're the goalie. Make the save. Like, at what point does, it, does somebody turn around and say, how about this? How about you save, make saves, which is what you're supposed to be doing, and shut the bleep up? Whoa. We got a, we got a few texts if you want to I'll die. do my job. Okay. How about you do yours? Okay. That's kind of what I think every single, every time I see a keeper yell at his teammates. Go ahead, Marsh. From the 314, it's accepted in soccer. Hold your lads accountable because it's such a spacious game. They may be yelling about an effort given 10 minutes ago. Also, uh, from the 314, stuff. Berkey is the captain. Uh, I, lot, I said that not all goalies are automatically the captain. Um, some other people are I, saying because it's so loud that they have to uh, yell but they no but i'm talking about them absolutely going ballistic after making a save i'm not talking about yelling communicate like when a center fielder is yelling at his left fielder or right fielder scoot in scoot back i'm not talking about a quarterback yelling yeah. yelling out the mike linebacker i am talking about after doing his job making a save Taking his teammates to the woodshed for yeah. not doing something. I don't know. So we have a text. Okay. Uh, from the 636. You asked about you know, the people to be honest with you. I okay? asked for genuine feedback. And yes. this is genuine feedback. Okay. Uh, there's a couple of them I'll read off here. Thank you. One says, as a former keeper, it can be really frustrating when your defense leaves you out to dry all night like a week ago, especially in a break situation or a PK because most of the time there isn't much you can do. So... I get it. You're frustrated as the goalie because the opportunity shouldn't have been there. But does the NHL goalie, every time there's a breakaway, given up, turn and yell at his defenseman? So I'm, part two, hang on. I'm not talking about last week, though. Last week I got. Last week Berkey should have lined up each and every one of his teammates and bopped them on the head. And and Boop. did what, Anthony? <laughs> square, square up, square up and keep and, and – and, do whatever he wanted to him. All right. Oh, interesting. Take take his cleats and uh, you know shove it where the sun don't shine. Oh, That's wow. fine. Oh, that I was did, last I feel week. Like that would hurt. That mm. was last week. Mm. I'm talking about every week. This happens. He was left out to dry a lot last week. I'll I agree. And there's also times too that I get this part is one goal can be the difference in the game. Like you lose one nothing. I get it. It's an intense thing, but so it's so it's just okay. So it's just it's just accepted in soccer. Yeah, I guess it is. I okay. guess it's kind of a universal right. thing to mm-hmm. where the goalie can just berate his teammates and not get punched in the face. Makes sense. Got so it. So from the that's th- where I'm at. <laughs> yeah, with that same tone. hundred <laughs> percent. That same tone. I, I couldn't. I can't. Uh, I couldn't imagine this happening in a hockey 
locker room, someone would be like, you'd be doing the post game interview with the media and be like, "Why did you get a shiner?" Oh yeah, it was, a, it was a puck. I didn't see that. Oh yeah, you missed it. Mm-hmm. No, I got punched in the face because right. I call it a teammate. Yes, like in hockey, I'm picturing the if it if the the keeper in this situation, uh, you know, screaming at you guys all night long. I imagine that goaltender falling downstairs and a bookshelf. <laughs> trailing set <laughs> it didn't always end up in fights anthony yeah but as soon as you got to the locker room be like hey no no don't ever do that again you do that again we're gonna have a problem right all right you do your job i'll do mine because god knows there's gonna be a situation where something happens and we don't do that in here right. captains would step in no we don't do that we're all not right. doing that crap so we're on the same page yeah okay uh we did get multiple texts saying that the keeper has the best view uh so it's always fair for the goalie to, to scream. Why does he have the best view? Of what? Yeah, of the of field. The field. Well, of, what about Klaus? If Klaus is sitting at the other end because he's up there ready to go, he sees it from the other end. Now, he just yells at people too because he's got a good view? I'm, I am I just think that if the next time a dribbler gets past Berkey, I think Klaus Dale should get right up in his face and scream at him. We have another one here from the 314. A former CB here, been yelled at by my goalie a million times. It's mostly accepted. The game moves quickly. You don't have the time to fix mistakes on the bench. Sees everything. They are communicating what they see and try to fix issues immediately. There you go. That I get. Especially if it's your fault and he gets a shot on goal. That You know what? That I understand. That's the so far out of everything that came in that I understand because the game is is moving. It's not like you can go to the the bench and get your tablet out and figure out what went wrong. Mm-hmm. So that that I understand. Okay. Text of the day automatically. Yeah. Nice yeah. job there. We could, I feel like we could go on forever with this. By the way, the whole uh, you know eh, it's just accepted. No, then it's just accepted that he gets punched in the mouth next time. But that I understand. Well, here's another one too. From the 618, Bennington probably desperately wanted to be like Berkey at points this year, mm-hmm. but he didn't. No. You never saw Benny wave his arms at his defensemen or, like, death stare them or right. certainly yell at them. And it's not just Berkey. It's every keeper in the MLS. I know, but every we watch Berkey one. more than anybody else. Every single every single MLS We should get Berkey on and that, ask him. Yeah. He probably will give us a, a great or answer on it. Or he'll just yell at us. That's fine. We'll yell right back. Yeah. Get him in, though, for it in studio deal that'd be better mm-hmm. that's jamie rivers i'm anthony stalter it's the fast lane on 101 espn we have your chance right now to score free tickets to see thomas rett with special guest cole swindell on saturday may 20th at enterprise enterprise center tickets are on sale now or you can text in and win thomas rett tickets at 314-399-9646 which fruit was jamie wearing on his speedo when he went to mexico that answer We'll, get, we'll give you uh, a chance to win Thomas Red tickets if you're the 101st texter to the Air Conference Service tax line 314-399-9646. Again, which fruit did Jamie wear on a Speedo that had his girlfriend's face on it when he went to Mexico last week? Gauntlet next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Four categories, one challenger. Can you master the gauntlet? Brought to you by Master, your hometown source for business communications for more than 30 years. Visit Mastor.com.
407, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler with Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh and Anthony Stalter. We have Tony for the gauntlet. What's up, Tony? What's going on, boys? You ready to rock? Yeah, let's go. First timer? First timer. All right, good man. All the time, first time, though. All right, excellent. Well, we appreciate you listening. Thanks for playing. So, Tony, would you like to take on Andrew Marsh, Jamie Rivers, or myself today in the gauntlet? You know, I think I'm going to take a swing at Jamie, hoping he's cold coming off his vacation. Okay, I like the strategy. Wow. Yeah, I'm coming off a bad performance, too. Although somewhat, uh, there was an asterisk beside it. Still, doesn't matter. I accept responsibility. Yeah, good I'm job, not just going to yell at my teammates. You're no keeper. I'm no goalkeeper. Yeah. All right, uh, Jamie. <laughs> good luck, Tony. <laughs> Jamie, get into the cone of silence. I will say there's a, there's been a, a great response from soccer fans and soccer players that have chimed in, and it was a genuine question uh, that I had. All right, Tony, tell Marsh to spin the wheel. Spin that wheel. What are you hoping for, Tony? Uh, with Jamie, nothing, anything but hockey. Anything but hockey. Hopefully. It will not be hockey. <laughs> what was that, Tony? Hopefully baseball. Well, guess what? Must be your lucky day. It is baseball. It's spun baseball. So that is the category for today. Four questions to Tony, four questions to Jamie. Each question is worth two points, unless Tony or Jamie need the options, and then those questions are only worth one point. You ready, Tony? Yeah, let's go for it. All right, question number one. Which team recently stole six bases in a game the first time that's been done since 1989? Take the options. All right, Brewers, Pirates, Diamondbacks. I'm going to go with the Pirates. They've been hot. Probably playing good baseball. Final answer? Final answer. Question number two, Tony. Which player recently became the first player in in American League history to hit three home runs and two doubles in a single game? I'll take the options again. Options are Adolis Garcia, Kyle Schwarber, or Corbin Carroll? What's that, Tony? Schwarber, final answer. Okay. Question number three. In 2018, which Cardinal recorded three home runs and two doubles in a game? Can you repeat that question? Sure. How in, many home runs? Yeah, in 2018, which Cardinal recorded three home runs and two doubles in a game? I'm playing the option. You want the options again? Yeah, I'll take the options. All right, Marcelo Zuna, Matt Carpenter, Colton Wong. I'm going to have to go with Carp, final answer. All right, Matt Carpenter, final answer. Question number four. In 2019, the Cardinals won the NLDS 3-2 over which team before falling to the Nationals in the NLCS? 
Who was that? Uh, the Brewers. All right, let's bring back Jamie. Tony, how you feeling? Ah. Uh, Okay. All right. Jamie is back right. from the cone of silence. Tony, Mark. how'd you do, buddy? Oh, I did. All four. You nailed it all, huh? Okay. <laughs> Pressure's on. <laughs> all right. All right. Uh, Jamie, your category today is baseball. Perfect. Baseball is your category. That's my favorite one. Jamie, question one. Which team recently stole six bases in a game? The first time that's been done since 1989. It's probably last week. Great. <laughs> <laughs> Options, please. Brewers, Pirates, Diamondbacks. Brewers, you know Pirates, what? Diamondbacks. Pirates, final answer. Okay. Question number two. Which player recently became the first player in American League history to hit three home runs and two doubles in a single game? In American League. Three home runs and two doubles. Wow. I don't know. Options. Adolis Garcia, Kyle Schwarber, or Corbin Carroll? Corbin Carroll. Final answer. Question number three. In 2018, which Cardinal recorded three home runs and two doubles in a game? Uh, 2018. Anthony, I wasn't doing radio back then. No. Can't say that I, uh, yeah. <laughs> Options, please. Sure. Marcelo Zuna, Matt Carpenter, Colton Wong. Oh, it's our guy. It's Carpos. <laughs> Carpos. Matt Carpenter, final answer. <laughs> it's our guy. <laughs> All right, Jamie, in 2019, the Cardinals won the NLDS 3-2 over which team before falling to the Nationals in the Na in the National League Championship Series, the NLCS? Oh, that was the Atlanta Braves. Final answer. Let's go over these. Tony versus Jamie Rivers. Which team recently stole six bases in a game the first time that's been done since 1989? Tony, you said the Pirates. Jamie, you said the Pirates. Correct answer is? It's the Pittsburgh Pirates. But both of you needed the options oh, on that one, so we get a 1-1 one, one tie. In 2018, which Cardinal recorded three home runs and two doubles in a game? Tony, you said Matt Carpenter. Jamie, you said it's our buddy Carpos, Carpos. Matt Carpenter. Correct answer is, it is Matt Carpenter. But Tony also needed the options. Oh we have God. a two-two tie, two-two tie between Tony and Jamie. Which player recently became the first player in American League history to hit three home runs and two doubles in a single game? You guys both needed the options. You both had different answers. Oh boy. Tony, you said Kyle Schwarber. Jamie, 
You said Corbin Carroll. Correct answer is... The only American League player on the list, Adolis Garcia. That's correct, Adolis Garcia. Oh, my God, former I didn't Cardinal. Think about that. Yeah. I hate you both. Corbin, Corbin Grant, Carroll plays for the too. Diamondbacks. Schwarber, of course, plays for the I Phillies. Grant Grant gave you the answers to the test. He, he really did. And I wasn't even paying... I overlooked the obvious, Anthony. 2-2 two, two tie. Son of... 2-2 two, two tie. Comes down to this. In 2019, the Cardinals won the NLDS 3-2 over which team before falling to the nationals in the nlcs neither of you needed the options jamie you went with the hot lanta braves mm -hmm. tony you went with those beer loving milwaukee brewers correct answer is it's the atlanta braves tony you have chosen poorly you lose not today <laughs> jamie like them pineapples baby jamie with a 4-2 win <laughs> Harkening back to a previous segment and also the trivia question. Yeah. The answer to the trivia question for those uh, Thomas Rhett tickets. It is yeah. pineapple. That's the fruit that Jamie had on his uh, yeah. Speedo. Right side up. Right side up. Yep. Yep. Tony, sorry, man. Thanks for listening, though. Thanks for playing. No, thank you for having me. We appreciate it. All right, you. Tony, thank take you. care, buddy. All right, that's the gauntlet here on the, in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Nice job there, Well, Jamie. I knew the Braves because it came out that was a big surprise victory, and then, then the bats just went dead against the Nationals. Yeah, they hung uh, 32 runs on the Braves in yeah, the first the, inning. In the, la yeah, the, in last, the last game. last game. And uh, then the Nationals said, <laughs> okay, that's cute. That was cute. Hmm. That By pitching way, staff was good for the Nationals. Megan from Kirkwood is our winner today. Right. Congratulations. The question for Thomas Rhett tickets. Right. Answer, of course, the upside down pineapple. Nope. nope. Uh, right oh. side up pineapple. Right side yep. up. Marshall. Why does it, have, is it, does that make the taste better? Uh, uh, well, well, depends who you ask. Yep. Oh, okay. For some. Mm -hmm. oh, oh, interesting. Is it time to make a call to Memphis oh, and damn. bring up uh, all their players? That's next. I want to win you a Back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. I love to see number 25 off of Albert's bat go into the street. The pit. Swing and hello, 4th of July. Take a ride on that knockdown pitch, big boy. at him as he goes around first he gives him a glare say take a little whiff of that big boy and now Kerry Wood takes a look at Albert as he touches them all give it to him big boy give it to him man that was descriptive <laughs> yeah. the one and only Mike Shannon on the call that's pretty awesome Cardinals radio network Mike uh, unfortunately passing away on, over the weekend he passed away on Saturday 50 years in the booth Cardinal World Series champion, Cardinal Hall of Famer, and uh, as I've described a couple of times today, the soundtrack for most of your summers, really, is what Mike Shannon was for those 50 years before he retired in 2021. Yep. With Jamie Rivers and Anthony Stalter, we're taking your mic drops today. If you want to leave us a mic drop, share your your memories, your thoughts on uh, Mike Shannon, his his life, his broadcast career, his playing career, uh, or just you know share memories of what he meant to you, great. We love to have you. Mic drops throughout the course of the day today. Is it time to make the call to Memphis? I mean, you could if you're the Cardinals. You're struggling. Why wouldn't you? Quite honestly. I mean, just just to shake up, just to do, just to do something. Go for it. I. This is this is the issue here. You got to do something, Anthony. You can't just stand pat with this group right now. And it's not like you can send 
Nolan Arenado down to Memphis to find his game. I'm mm-hmm. not talking about doing something that is absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. But why not change it up a little bit? Like Juan Yepes has been hitting the ball really well. Get, bring he him should up. be up already. I understand that. There's an obvious swap that could happen. He can't sit on the bench. Let me ask you this, Jamie. Mm. The reason why the re, the reason why our, our our good buddy Taylor Motters is back up, uh, BT had illustrated this because he he knows his role is on the bench. You tell me Juan Yepes couldn't sit on the bench too. So can, can you explain something to me? And I I I forgot to get into it with Brad or to to ask him the question, rather. So you're wasting a roster spot on a guy just to sit on your bench, basically. I mean, I get it. If you're getting paid big league money, hell, I did it in the NHL. I sat well, I sat in the press box. I'm like, all right, I mean, it is what it is, but I'll be ready when they ask me. Where you know, where you you know he can't do anything offensively. Yeah. As opposed to having Juan Yepes up, who was in Memphis he's been in Memphis. So why he would come up and start demanding playing time, I don't know. But could actually do something for your offense. Well, he can also push. So co- competitive-wise, he can push. Like if Juan Yepes gets up there and starts to get hot, all of a sudden now your DH spot becomes a bit of a competition. Mm-hmm. And maybe you throw him in the outfield for a game or two. I mean, who cares? You have Burleson out there. Holy crap. Yepes <laughs> can play out there. I'm What's not being Burleson's game? No, nah, nothing. Yepes Anthony. made a nice throw this past weekend to Mason Wynn, who ended up gunning the guy out at home. Bring them both up. My my point is is that there's not the massive drop-off. It's not like you're going from Harrison Bader to Juan Yepes defensively. You're going from Alec Burleson, who's a fine-ish defensive outfielder. He's a really good hitter. He is. And so is Juan Yepes. So why would you not Why would you not just call him up? Say, you know, I don't know where you're going to play. I really don't. And Yepes can play first base some, too. He's not gold glover, but, I mean, you can find a spot for him. I feel like you have to change something up at this point. Like this is stale almost. Am I wrong? It's not stale. It's crap. The food <laughs> stale crap food, is terrible too. The food is gone bad. It's moldy. Nobody is it moldy? Ooh. Oh. Is that what you meant by that? Oh, Absolutely. Wow. Well played. Wink wink. Uh okay. one thing to note though. About this past weekend is that we saw in the ninth inning Nolan Gorman facing a lefty, and he ended up getting he struck out. And mm-hmm. That was the end of the game. Oh, we're the, just, that's what we're doing well, here. Hang on a second. Well, I proved in everybody previous, right, didn't he? In yeah. previous, uh, you know, you know, in, in previous games, previous games, previous we've seen him being pinch hit for. You have Taylor Motter on the bench, a right-handed bat. You don't go to him in that situation. If Juan Yepes is on the team mm-hmm. with the big club and he's up there and he's not in the starting lineup, perhaps he's in that spot right there. You got a bat. He probably would have on the right I, side. I understand what you're saying. Yeah, I, that's that's the difference between bringing him up and having a guy just on your team who's not doing anything. Mm-hmm. What's the point of having that? Something's not going to do anything. Something Agreed. just has to Agreed. change for this team. I don't I don't know what it is. Because, again, it's a roaming problem within this team to where it's the offense, it's the pitching, it's the bullpen. It's never both things at the same – or all of it at once. It's just always one piece of it. So I don't I don't know what the solution is, but I feel like you have to change something. Just continuing to ride it out is almost accepting what's going on. This is the worst form of losing, by the way. 
And don't get me wrong, Anthony. I understand that Mo's probably very limited in what he can do from a roster standpoint. You got guys who don't have options. You get guys that you're certainly not going to DFA. And so right. you have some situations. I totally understand. But there are some minor things you can do. Mm-hmm. And Yippie's one of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, look, you get no pushback here on that. This is the worst form of losing. Losing sucks overall. But when you're rebuilding and you're going through a rebuild or you're going through a youth movement, there is this not acceptance of losing, but an understanding of it because you're growing. This is not a team that is based on youth. This is not a bad team in terms of what what the expectations are. And were. it's not an organization that accepts losing. No. Period. Dot. I don't care if it's John Mosellock or whoever else, Walt Jockety. You go down the list. It's never been okay to lose right. in St. Louis. So how do you turn it around? You You can't just start with one thing. The pitching isn't good enough. The offense hasn't been good enough. The bullpen is fractured in certain certain places. Ryan Helsley was outstanding a year for you a, a year ago for you. Then he gives up the ding dong Johnson last week to Blake Sable. You know, in a losing effort, you think you're going to have a win. You finally win a game where you do everything. I mean, gr- excellent starting pitching out of Miles Michaelis. Couple of home runs, excellent defense. You win six nothing. That's the four. I mean, that when you boil it down, I, the the numbers and everything, it it's it gets out of hand at times. But if you want to look at it and break down all the numbers, go for it. You like it, you understand it, you want to get in exit velos and launch angles, go for it. How do you win baseball games? Strong starting pitching, the long ball, play good defense. If you get a quality start out of your pitcher, you hit a you hit a couple of home runs and you play good defense. You're gonna win more times than Somebody not. Increase your chances. Right. What do the Cardinals do well out of those three? Well, it depends what day of the week it is. Fair point. That's Fair the point. issue. Because on that day, um, everything was clicking, which is great. But other days, it's been where the starting pitching wasn't good, but the offense was raking. Mm-hmm. Then you had days where the offense was mid. And there was a ball dropped in the outfield or a play that was missed defensively. And that became the, the, the problem. And then there's the bullpen that get all the way to the end of the game and then it blows up. Right. So that's that's the issue is it's always one thing. But when it all comes together. You win a game every once in a while. You win a game and it looks while. great. And you're like, okay, this is what it's supposed to look like. Right. This is why it reminds me a lot of the Blues last season. Oh, no. I know. I'm not, and I'm not saying, Anthony, don't. Anthony, pick up your head. If I didn't say that. Frustration. It's me of their season to where there were stretches of hockey where you're like, okay, I could see this team making a playoff push. I, I could see them getting there. And then there are other stretches like, oh, my God. <laughs> Connor Bedard, huh? All right. <laughs> what am I watching? That's Jamie Rivers of Anthony Stalter. Winners and losers from the 2023 NFL Draft. We'll get into it next on 101 ESPN. Losing is a disease. As contagious as bubonic plague. Attacking one, but infecting all. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.
My favorite Mike Shannon story is back when the Cardinals used to broadcast on KPRL Channel 11, and Joe McGrain came up in the booth one time, and Mike Shannon left the booth. So McGrain's in there talking, and one of the guys says, hey, where's uh, Mike Shannon at? And Joe McGrain says, I think he's Beachwood aging, and I got a huge laugh from the production crew and everything. Shannon comes back to the booth next half inning, and he's like, yeah, I heard what you said, and you're right. <laughs> That was Justin sharing one of his favorite Mike Shannon moments. It's great stuff there. It is great stuff. Mike Shannon had a great sense of humor about himself, too. Yeah. Which is always seemed like it. Absolutely. The NFL draft was this weekend. By the way, we're still taking mic drops. We've been doing this throughout the course of the show today. We appreciate everybody listening with Jamie Rivers. I'm Anthony Stalter. We talked to Brad Thompson about his thoughts about Mike Shannon, and we've been just playing your mic drops throughout the course of the the day and it's been a lot of uh it's been a lot of fun kind of reminiscing on the life of mike shannon of course the cardinals legend hall of famer world series champ broadcaster for 50 years for the cardinals on the radio on the cardinals radio network um he passed away on saturday and again we're just kind of sharing some stories throughout the course of the show over the weekend was the nfl draft and everybody hands out their grades when it comes to the draft how you know a team did and a lot of those grades, Jamie, are dependent on whether or not the author thought a certain player should go in the first round or second round or what have you, whether or not that that team filled the need, and then the, the grades are kind of there. They go from there. Or if that, that author likes the player. For me, the more I watch the NFL draft and the more I watch football, I'm less interested in predicting how a player is going to do and more interested in how a team is going to build. And this is something that Kerry Davis and I talked a lot about in our Gridiron Guys podcast, which you can find on 101 ESPN. It's li- I think it's live right now, in fact. We went into great depth about it, but I'll give you kind of a synopsis. When it comes to teams like the Eagles, who sit there at 10 and draft Jalen Carter, one of the top t- overall talents in the draft. Now, granted, you know, the off-field off stuff at Georgia was a big topic of conversation, but the Eagles sat there, and despite having a really good defensive line, they took Jalen Carter, a top prospect, a top talent at an impact well, position. Already, at one point, he was rumored to be first overall in the Correct. draft, or at least in the conversation. Yes, yeah, so when the Bears still had the pick, absolutely. So what they do with their second pick, their pick? Because remember they they made they made a deal with um, who was it? The Colts. Whose pick was at ten? I'll think of it. But they they had their own pick, and they took Georgia outside linebacker, pass rusher Nolan Smith. So over the last two years, they've taken off of Georgia's historic defensive teams: Jalen Carter, Nolan Smith, Keely Ring, Ringo, Jordan Davis, and Nicobe Dean. They're building a team defensively from the inside out. They're getting pass rushers, interior pass rushers. That's the way to do it. Interior pass rushers, outside pass rushers, corners, safeties, linebackers that can run because, of course, it's a pass-heavy league. That's the way the Eagles are building their team, Jamie. You go to a team like the... the Lions? Okay, well the Lions are on the other uh, on the are on the other end of the spectrum. Very careful. <laughs> I, I thought the this. Lions My from youngest. from a from a team building standpoint was atrocious this past weekend. 
Um, I'm not. <clears throat> well, dive into that for a second. Okay. Like, here, why? Here's the thing. I have some some thoughts too. Looking at their draft card right now, but why? In your opinion, I'm not. I'm not specifically. And you got to hear me on this. I'm not talking about the player. Jamar Gibbs could be a fantastic player. He had a great, you know, college, collegiate career at Alabama. Outside of Trent Richardson, most Alabama running backs pan out. I'm not saying Gibbs himself won't pan out. I'm not saying Gibbs himself was a bad pick or a bad player. Same thing with Jack Campbell, who went second. Same thing with Sam Laporta. And son. <laughs> Campbell. That's his son. No, it's not. Google it. You Google it. I did. Sam Laporta, the tight end for Iowa. Are you serious? Yeah. Or am I fish, fishing a line right now? It's his son. No, it's not. <laughs> you had the hook in your mouth, though, Anthony. I didn't initially. You were, no, you did. Then you and I swam like, back up. Hey, that looks like a real worm. Unbelievable. Same thing with Sam Laporte. Can't help yourself. Jamie, they went running back, middle linebacker, and tight ends. Okay? Is your pass rush, I know they got Aiden Hutchinson. Is your pass rush good enough where you can pass on on defensive linemen that at, at an impact position. So let me ask you this: mm-hmm. Detroit Lions last year. If you're looking, if you're breaking down their team, what was the area that they needed improvement on? Defense. I know every level. They put up big points at one one of the highest scoring offensive teams in the NFL. Every level defensively, and then defensively, they needed some pieces. You can run on them. Yeah. You can throw on them. I know. So okay. I, I've used this house analogy a couple of times now, but it, to me, it, it rings true. Jamie, house is being built. You pour the foundation. That's first. You pour, you pour the foundation. Second, you well, get first the first. you build the molds. Fair. Then you so you have a game plan. Yeah. So you have a game plan. You build the molds. You do the foundation. You pour the foundation. You get, you get the structure up. Mm-hmm. Okay. Then what? Plumbing, electric, running water. Then you're going to build your interior. That's the way the Eagles are do- have done it. Then you can start adding some of the fun stuff if you want. You want to go to the kitchen and remodel the kitchen. A wet bar. Maybe. maybe a wet bar in the basement, right? Maybe a pool, jacuzzi. The fun stuff comes. The Eagles build it that way. The Lions and the Fal- my Falcons, for that matter, who have Boy, taken they had a good draft, didn't they? Running back, <laughs> but John Robinson's gonna be good. He- I'm gonna get tweets and say, "How do you like Robinson now?" Robinson's a good player, a great player potentially. He took a running back, a wide receiver, and a tight end who's actually really a wide receiver in Kyle Pitts. The last three—that's your last f- three first-round picks. Yeah, but you got quarterback on lockdown. No, sir. <laughs> Jamie, what the Falcons have done, what the Lions have done, is screw it. We'll do that. We'll we'll do the pool first. We'll put the pool in first, then we'll worry about the other stuff. Well, maybe they still, maybe they're going to go get Lamar. Yeah, who signed his massive deal with the Ravens? Did you miss that, or did <laughs> I bite another hook? <laughs> I'm an ass. the The neighbor next door <laughs> is looking and saying, "Man, that pool looks fun. I want to go over that. That pool, that's a lot of fun. That's like everybody saying how well the Lions and Falcons have done. Then you go over the pool and you realize there's no bathroom." There's no food because there's no electricity. There's nowhere to sleep. If you get a little banged up that night, Jamie, you want to spend the night? Can't. There's no house. There's no foundation. (laughs) That, to me, is what the Lions did in taking a running back, a middle linebacker, and a tight end with the first three picks.
Tight end, by the way, who played historically for one of the worst offenses in the nation last year. To me, it's about it's about building. No, you're winner. right. You you have to have a cut like you have to have a strategy when you're building a team. You can't just just grab pieces and put them in there. Now, here's the thing, though, is in other sports, you get the best talent. And you've said this. You draft the talent. Mm-hmm. Where's he play? I don't care. I got the talent. Yeah, because it takes longer. It takes longer. Yeah, baseball, hockey, it takes longer. You're not, you're not worried. You're not worried about a, taking a goaltender right now. If you already have a goaltender, that, that kid may not play for far, four or five years. Yeah. So the, the concept of it, when you're building a football team, is is different for sure. Yes. And yeah, you're building two separate teams is really what you're doing. You're building an offensive team and a defensive team. Right. You can't just mishmash pieces in there and have fine mm-hmm. offense and a fine defense. You're not winning right. anything with that. No. Let's look, the Lions two years ago, two or three years ago, took DeAndre Swift in the second round, who's an, who's an, an early second round pick. They took him. DeAndre Swift, running back out of Georgia. Two years later, they just selected his replacement and traded him to the Eagles for pennies on the dollar. This is what I'm talking about. The next DeAndre Swift is going to be there. The next Gibbs is going to be there. Do you have the foundation right? Is your defense good enough for you to take a running back at 12? Or is your defense good enough for you to take a running back at 8? Is your is your defense good enough, Marsh, to take a wide receiver at 23? Why are you, you looking at me? When you already have Justin Jefferson. Why are you looking at Marsh, me? Marsh, he's over there just doing his job. And you Imagine just like, having like well, let me get one and a half Justin Jefferson. Let, let me go into, Ro- <laughs> let me go into to, to Roman Berkey mode here. Marsh. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, should just. You got Justin Jefferson. Okay. Now, I know what you're going to say to me. Well, they lost Adam Thielen. Great. Take the next Adam Thielen in the third round. Oh, they just your grow de- on trees. Your defense mm. good enough? You think wide receivers wide receiver? from Mankato come out of nowhere? You, you take a wide receiver it's at 23. Your defense good enough, Marsh? <laughs> they will be with our new defensive coordinator. There you go. Chargers take a wide, take, take Quentin Johnson at 21. You got Keenan Allen, and you've got uh, Palmer. Or not Palmer. You got Palmer, too, but you got... Who's the guy? That big, Mike. Uh, Michael. Mike. <laughs> What's his last name? <laughs> How do you figure it out? I'm ranting and raving about no, it. No, you're not at all, Anthony. It's great. It's fine. You've got 19 He's wide passionate. receivers. The most passionate you've Come on. all day. Except for before the show. Can't stop the run. Can't do anything defensively. Mike Williams. You Thank go. you. Mike Williams. Did you forget to be honest? Yeah, I did. For some reason, I couldn't remember his damn name. <laughs> yeah. Mike no, Williams. I for a second. Josh Palmer. Totally Keenan Allen. It's hard to remember when he's injured all the time. They just never play. Well, good thing you got a receiver then. Yeah. Quarterback's going to be looking out his ear hole, but. Yeah, I'm excited you know. about Jordan Addison. He's going to be a good a good addition on that. Unbelievable. Area. All right. In that wide receiver group. Rant over. It's the fast lane on 101 ESPN. I can't believe I forgot Mike Williams' name. There's only been 14 Mike Williams in the league. Really like what the Eagles did, though. Like what the Eagles did. Like what the Steelers did. I liked what the Packers did. I know we're not supposed to like what the Packers did because, you know, they traded uh, they traded Aaron Rodgers, and therefore they're stupid. They don't know what they're doing. Who said that? Everybody. I don't remember saying that. Packers got a defensive end. Then went with the tight end in the second round. Cool. I'm good with that. They got a guy who used to play hockey, by the way, yeah, and just absolutely guy? bulldoze people. Yep. The next J.J. Watt, some say. 
Was he a hockey player? Lucas Van Ness. Yeah, J.J. Watt grew up in Wisconsin. Played hockey all the time. Did he? Yeah. I, true story. I'm not fishing on this one. You I don't can, believe anything I'm telling you're you right now. J.J. Watt went to Central Michigan. That's not my fault. J.J. Watt actually <laughs> did play hockey. Did he? Yeah. I know he did. I'm actually I'm like trying to convince Anthony. He's well, got this I mean, face or he doesn't believe you. Well, yeah, because Jamie's just... Lying, lying over me. No, I'm stuttering, and he's falling yeah. for it, and he doesn't like it. He's not like lying it. in the weeds. He's I just don't. lying. He doesn't. I got a taste. How does it feel on the other end? I got a taste of my own medicine. It is bitter. It. it is bitter, Jamie. Sports six pack is next. Three one four three nine nine ninety six forty six. That's the Air Comfort Service tax line. If you get a question for us, we'll do our sports six pack next. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on one hundred one ESPN. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's, your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over forty-two years. Time for the Sports Six back here in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Take it away, Marsh. Question number one. It's a little different today. As Dan, Question one, please. Yeah, Dan's not here to say that. Mm-hmm. All right, from Andrew. Matthew Nyes averaged 14 minutes, 26 seconds time on ice with three assists and a plus three in the first round. If the Blues make the changes necessary to make the playoffs next year, is there a chance we see Blues sign Jimmy Snuggerud for the playoff run? Would he make a positive impact on a playoff run? Uh, no, not he's not Matthew Nyes. Jimmy Snuggerud's a good player. He could be. By the time next season is over, he could be. He, he took some big steps in his development this year. He's a heck of a young player. I, I don't see him having the same impact right away. But it's not to say it's impossible. Now, if we see the same level of development out of Jimmy Snuggerud this year that happened for last year, then all of a sudden that becomes more of a reality. And I think that that's what the Blues are looking at is not so much the long play with this one, but the sure play with this young player because he has the ability, he has the talent, the foot speed and the pace of the game at the NHL level is going to be something that he has to grow into and certainly improve. Um, but no, he's a, he's a great player. I just don't see it being that quick. For, for Jimmy Snuggerub. Question number two. From the 314, should Moe's fate be intertwined with Ollie's? And would you really trust him to hire a fourth manager? Wow. wow. That's a great it's, that's a great question. Because this is this is Moe's third manager. Well, you're already assuming it, that Ollie's is, getting right? fired. Matheny, Schiltz, and yeah. Ollie, yes. Okay. Mo only has a few years left. He signed that, he signed that a extension. Year, yeah, two-year extension. Which, let's just say he goes the full two years. I don't think he's going to want to hire another manager. Mm-hmm. I don't think Marmol is is done. Well, I don't think... Listen, if guys, this continues. We can't... Mm. We can scrutinize certain decisions that have happened because the team's losing, and I guess they go hand-in-hand. Hand. It's fine. I, I don't necessarily know if bailing on the manager right now is like the play, if that's your best move. Mm-hmm. One, who's out there that's available? 
Right. I, I don't know. Maybe there's somebody that I'm totally missing that could be... Joe Madden! Well, he is out there. Is he the right fit for your organization? I don't know. Maybe. He's the right fit for any organization. He might be. Except for the Angels. Except for the Angels. That didn't work out well. No, no. it didn't work out well at all. Mm. But I don't know. I, I, is his fate tied directly to Ollie? Probably a little bit. Probably a little bit. If ownership at some point says we can't deal with this anymore, this was your risky hire. You know, a, a young, the youngest manager in the league. You gave him a chance. You, you gave him the keys to the kingdom here in Cardinal Nation, and it didn't work out. Or do at that point, do the DeWitts go, you put together a roster this guy couldn't manage, and mm-hmm. they go, you know what, just you got two years left, enjoy. I think yep. management's tied in with all of them, too. I think that... Or the ownership, I'm sorry. Leo, yeah, let's, the ownership doesn't matter. Nobody holds them accountable. Right. Yeah, I wish Anthony would. He does, but they don't I'm, care. I feel like I'm one of the only ones that say, hey, uh, why don't you point higher when you're yelling at Moe's office? How about you point a little higher when you're <laughs> talking about the off-season spending? We need stuff. Roman, Just, you know Roman Berkey to be yelling yeah, at them. Yeah, that'll get you know them. why? Why? Because you can't fire the owners. That's that's fine. So <laughs> why yell? It's like yelling at a wall. The well, wall doesn't care. You're doing the same I thing. I you do it a lot, but the wall doesn't care. Hey, Jamie. Jamie. What? You're doing the same thing anyways when you're yelling at Mo about spending. I understand that. You're just screaming but at least you into can fire the, him. the darkness. At least there's a chance people can sit there. People who want that to happen can That's sit fine. there and believe. Here's my prediction. For uh-huh. those that want Ollie fired, go ahead, fire him. What? If you fire him, your problems will remain. That's my prediction. What about Joe Girardi? No. Why? Well, what about the situation? What's Joe Girardi going to do? He's going to come in and do what? I don't know. Manage. We overrate. He got fired man- last year. We overrate MLB <laughs> managers. Here we go. Series. We do. Sorry. We overrate MLB managers. You know why? Because we all think we can manage. We know we we all can't play, but we all think we can manage. Well, I can't, Doug. Well, I can't, Doug. <laughs> no, we can't. We do. We all know we can't call football plays. We all know we can't understand hockey. Unless we played it forever and, hey. and we're born in Canada. But we all know the game of baseball. Yeah, so we, we all put ourselves in the manager spot. Mm-hmm. I can write the lineup better. I can do that. And we all want the manager fired. We overrate it. We overrate the impact of an MLB manager. I it's 162 games. I disagree. What do you mean you disagree? I disagree. I think the manager plays a huge part. Really? The, yeah, I do. Was Ollie out there swinging at a three-two slider in no, the in the other Ollie dugout? The, but, but, <laughs> okay, let's go there. Okay, let's go there. But Ollie put that guy at the plate. If Ollie puts <laughs> somebody else at the plate, maybe the outcome is different. Like who? I don't know. Who what do you want? We can't just say, "Oh, that Taylor guy." Taylor Motter. No, who's the guy? Who's the guy that swung at the pitch in the dugout? Nolan Arnato, unfortunately. Okay. Was it? Yeah. All right, so maybe we give him another chance. <laughs> <laughs> but I'm talking about in other situations. It's five o'clock already. It is. It's How did o'clock. that happen? No. Marsh is telling me to like like go to the next. I'm like, what? Well, look what the. I mean, no. What do we have? Question two. Yeah, we're at All right, let's carry two. it over. We're carrying Anthony. it over. I'm not done with you. I'm yet. not done with you. Give me more of this six pack. Yeah, crap. Right on Anthony's yeah. face. Yeah. Here on 101 ESPN. I'll drink one. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. 
the question. It's time for the fast lane to answer your sports questions. I want to ask you a bunch of questions. I want to have them answered immediately. Asking me all these weird questions. Answer the question. Answer the question. Answer me. The sports six pack is refreshed by Maggie O'Brien's, your go-to Irish pub in St. Louis for over 42 years. Five, your time check is brought to you by Clarkson Jewelers, an officially licensed Rolex jeweler. So we're going to talk about whether or not Marmol, who has clearly lost many fans, if he's already lost the clubhouse. I don't, I don't think he's lost that? the clubhouse. I don't. Why would you go to he's lost the clubhouse? Because of the Tyler O'Neill thing. People, that is such a bunch of crap. I know. No manager or coach loses the locker room because they call out one player who's been healthy for a quarter of his time here. Nobody loses. No. I guarantee you that was not the that was not the first time that O'Neal heard that his his hustle or lack thereof was a problem. B- I guarantee it. BT it said last week that everyone loves Ollie. Yes. Well, if you're if you're falling you're falling for a narrative. If you think that if you're just buying into like the Tyler O'Neal situation, he's lost the clubhouse. It ain't it. You want to talk about his decision making and all that? Fine. But the Tyler O'Neill situation did not send ripple effects throughout the clubhouse that are now uh, permeating onto the field. And if it did, then this is a softer team than uh, than than any of us have thought. So if we want to look at two situations, you have Tyler O'Neill, who was publicly called out. We'll just say what it was. He was publicly called out. Jordan Hicks also loses his his high leverage spot, right? Right. Publicly shamed, I guess. Everyone's, oh, Jordan Hicks can't find the strike zone. Well, he could. Well, Jordan Hicks looks pretty good now. Yes, he so does. So it shows that at least one player did what was necessary and took the the negative part of the the whole first part of the year and and, and did something with it. Mm-hmm. So I don't I don't think it was a national narrative. Yeah. It was a national flimsy narrative. I heard it on MLB Network Radio. I heard it on other places where it's like, well, you know, is he going to call out Nolan Arenado? If he, you don't have to worry about that because Arenado is not going to be in that spot now. Is he going to, you know, he's struggling? He's got to get dish. on base yeah. before he can round second. I didn't want to go the cheap shot route, home. but Marsh did. That's fine. Yeah. Well, what? I just don't buy it. I don't buy it at all. Not yet. That he's lost the clubhouse. You don't just lose the clubhouse in 29 games. I agree. And everybody's raving about Ollie in spring training. The guys love him and this and that and the right. other and respect him. And he's, oh, he's, he's honest with you and he's, you know, whatever. In 29 games and one Tyler O'Neill later, you didn't lose the clubhouse. After, especially after last year. Everything, everything the players were saying about Ollie did a great job. Yeah. So. Hey, sorry, you're just it's it's not gonna be that easy to point he, out what's going on with the Cardinals. He literally did the same thing with Harrison Bader. Yes, he did, but nobody's talking about it. You're right, Marsh. Did the same thing last year for And Harrison Bader. Bader came back and responded just like how Jordan Hicks has responded. Has Tyler O'Neill responded? He had a few base hits the other day, but he's like he fine. hasn't had the year that we've all expected he's, him to. He, he was fine. He's been fine. He's been fine. What has he been? Fine. Go ahead. 
Question number three. Question three, please. All right, let's uh, let's stay fired up. But let's transition to hockey. Uh, from the 618 hockey question, are we really going to ignore the fact that Armstrong picked Kairu over Kachuk? Look what he's doing for Florida. And it's exactly what we needed all season long. Good gravy. That's a real bad decision. Please help me understand that decision. Well, if it was Kairu for Kachuk straight up, it would have happened. But Calgary said no. We would like more please more we would like first round picks mm-hmm. we would like oh i don't know robert thomas mm-hmm. as well or scott perunovich and Cairo mm-hmm. and a first rounder calgary wanted more we would like two players that are really good one with a hundred points mm-hmm. it's not the way i see it no anthony stop it doug armstrong would have absolutely traded jordan Cairo for matthew kachuk uh, it didn't happen because there were so many other pieces that Calgary wanted. And then Florida swooped in with a great trade for the Calgary Flames because they were losing Matthew Kachuk. That's what happened. Go ahead, Anthony, with your silliness now. Army blew it by not trading Cairo to Calgary for Kachuk, <laughs> but not as bad as Mo blew it. <laughs> By not sending Dylan Carlson to Washington for Juan Soto. And that is why the Blues didn't make the playoffs last year, and the Cardinals won't make the playoffs this year. Those two moves. You simplified the hell out of that. Good job, buddy. None of it was true. But that's fine. Huh. Uh Uh-huh. It's all it took. Kairu to Calgary for Chuck, Carlson to Washington for Soto, and your problems are solved. It's all better. I mean, now that you break it down into its most simplest form, it makes a lot of sense. <sighs> makes a ton of sense, Anthony. I'm here for you, St. Louis sports fans. Question number four. Uh, from the 314, other than St. Louis, is there a city that you were excited to go to to see a sporting event? Hmm. And so i'll take out chicago detroit and san francisco and atlanta Why? is there a different city <laughs> other than those four that you anthony would like to go see a sporting event huh i mean i saw i saw yankees red Sox at the old yankee stadium i was excited to see I that saw a game at fenway that was pretty cool uh i've been to the big house a lot not yeah, a city i've been to the big house you... well it's in columbus not Columbus. I'm Ann thinking Arbor, of the Ann Arbor. You're thinking of Ohio State. Um, yeah. Yes, I gotcha. Yeah. That's okay. the horseshoe. Mm-hmm. Is Ann Arbor? Is Ann Arbor technically a city? I don't, yeah, yeah. I guess it's a small it's a city of uh, Detroit. Okay. Yeah, Ann Arbor, Michigan. It says it right there. Yeah. Ann Arbor. I was yeah. excited to see Michigan. I, I'm trying game. to think of where I'd like to go. I think I'd like to go to Ole Miss for a college football game. That'd be fun. That's not a the pro Grove. sporting event, mm-hmm. though, right? Why Sorry. Ole Miss? Oh, because apparently the partying and the tailgating that happens before is like yeah. out of this world. You went to uh, a college atmosphere this past weekend, Jamie. I did. I went to visit my daughter at Mizzou. You were at Mizzou. You were in Columbia. Yeah. It was packed. I'm sure you were paying tuition. What was I paying tuition? Yeah. Oh yeah, I was giving lots of money back on on that night. It's mm. nothing like going out with college kids who don't have money. Yet there's, I couldn't believe this. <laughs> Hear me out on this, okay? One, it was a great weekend, fantastic time. Um, 
a lot of people there, a lot of parents there. It was good. It was cool. It's the last visit I make because my daughter Carson's graduating, so I'm very proud of her. And, well, maybe uh, McKinnon will go there. You never know. She might, Anthony, and I would encourage it. Great institution of learning. Mm-hmm. But here's what I wanted to bring up real quick. I ordered a couple of drinks at the bar. Nothing fancy. Like four drinks. And it was like fifty dollars. Jeez, what are you, Nashville? Some, yes, no, I'm not. It's some Nashville money. So that's where I pump the brakes. Okay, one, you know, I'm there. I, I, I'm fortunate enough to have the money to buy these drinks and to be out. And I'm, I'm not balking at the price. But I looked around and I'm like, how the hell are all these college kids drunk right now? Yeah. There's no way they're raking in cabbage to be drinking like that. Right. Maybe they are. I mean, I don't know. They saved their money. No, they don't, Anthony. <laughs> no, they don't. I was just in shock. I mean, it's not a, I'm not a here to call my soapbox or anything, but yeah, no, I get the it. drinks were not like You're... I remember like penny pitcher nights at college bars mm-hmm. and then it like got to a dollar a beer and you're like okay yeah. this is great like you go to the bar with 20 bucks you're like i'm set oh yeah i'm set i get a snag out a slice of pizza at the end of the night too yeah, we're all right. good here right. walking <laughs> around with your shoes and socks on I, I, yeah dress shoes dress socks yep it's yep. casual nice. yep. mm-hmm. get a good breakfast at little chef when i'm done there you go but now uh, that 20 bucks i mean one there's a cover charge what college kid is playing cover? That'll be a seven dollars a person. Oh, okay. Here you that go. ticks me off too. Seven. Seven. Awesome. Well, because they expect singles. you to throw down a ten. Right. And be like, oh, that's fine. Here's a tip uh, for doing your job, I guess. I hate it. I hate it. Anyways, I think I'd go with Tampa Bay. Oh, we're back to I've that. I've been. I've been to Tampa. Yeah. I've been to. I've been to several Bucks games. Went to fire the, them cannons. The Amelie Arena. It was very fun. Oh, so so the old uh, bolts, did you? No, no, it was for a college game. Oh. Yes. I see. But I wanted to uh, cool enjoy city. the city. It was a fun city. Tampa's a cool city. I like mm-hmm. Tampa. Did you go to uh, Ybor City while you were there? <laughs> What's it called? Ybor, Ybor City. Ybor City. No. All right. You check it out next Sounds time. Sounds like, uh, doesn't sound like an actual city. It oh, is. it is. It is. Is it? Yes. Oh, it is. Yeah. Okay. You would have liked your time even more had you visited. All right. No. I just, Jamie's. I can actually verify I, that Jamie's a, telling the truth on this. I have a feeling I know exactly what Ebor City is. No, you don't. <laughs> really? You don't know Ebor City. Nope. Ebor City my, knows you. My thought process is in the uh, the realm, in the right category. Just good time. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Lots of places to have good times. Yeah. yeah. Miami is another one. Mm. South Beach. Yep. I lived on South Beach, Anthony. I know you did. Two yeah. games for the Panthers. One game. One actually, game for the Panthers. Jamie. A lot of post games. Wouldn't be able to go to a Panthers game these days. <laughs> no, he's from Canada. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Uh, I don't think we answered. Well, I'm an alumni. They'd let me in. Nah. <laughs> That's true. There you go. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I'm going to go to Florida, guys. He's fine. Let him in. Play the... <laughs> you see that one game? Yeah. Yeah. Played a game here. I'm that guy. <laughs> Is Nolan Arnato trying to do too much? Oh, probably. probably. That's next on 101 ESPN. <laughs> We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Hey guys, what's up? It is Todd. Uh, I was very sad to hear about Mike's passing. I used to work for him back in the 90s and he was just the real deal. One of the best bosses I've ever had. There was a time where a car flipped over 
during a police chase and hit Mike's truck, an old Suburban, and knocked it into the curb and the tire came off the rim. The car hit the building and he's like, oh shoot, I gotta call AAA. So I'm like, hey Mike, I'll change your tire for you. I was sitting in the bar having a beer after work. So I changed the tire, he tried to give me 50 bucks. I'm like, Mike, I'm not gonna take your money. And he bought me a shot and a beer after that and he called me AAA ever since. And I wake up every day to the Mike Shannon's alarm clock that they gave away at the ball game saying, get up, baby, get up. So I have nothing but love for him. You guys take care. Great stuff, Todd. Appreciate your mic drop on that. Appreciate everybody leaving us a mic drop today talking about Mike Shannon. Of course, led the Cardinals legend passing away on Saturday. People have shared their memories. That was a detailed, detailed memory, Jamie. Hey, very much so. Good stuff, Todd. Thank you. Jamie, Nolan Arenado is clearly pressing. He's swinging at pitches that normally he doesn't expand the zone on. I mean, he just, you know, he looks, he, he looks like a mess. Well, he's then he's slumping. he's holding off on pitches that he should be crushing. Right. So he's up there. Maybe he's guessing. Incredibly difficult to to hit major league pitching. It's also incredibly difficult to sit there and criticize one of the best baseball players in the league. Right. It is. I'm watching it and I'm like, this is painful. But I'm like, it's Nolan Arenado. But he is he is struggling. Period. Uh-huh. So my question to you, Jamie, is throughout your career, when you when you felt yourself really pressing, yeah. When you're having just, I mean, you're going through a, a big slump. Yeah. Hockey-wise. Mm-hmm. Just weren't playing well. What do you do to get out of it? Well, I think, Anthony, times were a little different uh, between then and now. Mm-hmm. Uh, personalities vary, of course. Sure. Depending on what you're going to do. But uh, Yeah, I'm just talking about when you were pressing, Jamie. Yeah. When you felt you were really mm-hmm. pressing, you were off your game. Well, that was most of my career, so. Is uh, there something you did? <laughs> I never had that <laughs> relaxing ride in first class, Anthony. I was in the back in the cargo area, just banging around. <laughs> Pulling around back there. Yeah, so in those moments, Jamie, you're yeah. in your career. Uh-huh, so every day. Yeah. What did, you, what did you do to break your slump? You know, there's different things that you do, Anthony. It varies. It's not always the same formula. It's not always the same combination. Mm-hmm. You know, or same attitude towards it philosophies philosophies yeah so you you try to um first thing you try to do <laughs> is uh, i know i'm trying to bow through this right now uh first thing you try to do is is start to get to the rink and work your way out of it truthfully truthfully you get there you figure i'm gonna throw in a, you know an extra workout before practice get on the bike ready you know whatever it is you're like okay i can do this do you try to do something different too like, I imagine it's human nature. Right? Like, I'm going to do something different. Something out of the norm. Yeah. You got to change it up. This is, this is not working. Change your stick. Like, change the way you lace your skates. Like, all sorts of crap. Just, like, whatever. And so once that didn't work for me, personally, <clears throat> um, I would go and enjoy myself. You know what? You need to take the edge off, Jamie. Mm-hmm. You deserve it. You're deserving for, for, <laughs> for playing poorly and letting down your team. No. You deserve- I, was never, I never played that many meaningful minutes. If I'm the problem, if Berkey's yelling at me, something's wrong. 
You'd be the guy to punch Berkey. That's true. <laughs> That's true. No, but hey, look, different guys do different things. For me, I always need to lighten up. I, I would get so angry and frustrated that I'm like, this is not good, you know, because you go from, and this is the truth, you go from your just your everyday norm to where you start to get frustrated and then you're like, okay, I need to do more. I, I need to give more of myself. I need to get after it. And then when that doesn't work, like the pressure, it's like a pressure cooker. It starts to just build and build and build. You feel like you're going to explode, right? So I would have this, I'd go out. I would go out and I would just put hockey on the back burner for that evening and go out. Most of the next morning. Some of it. And go out and enjoy my time a little bit. It, you know, just get away from it all for a minute. And then get to practice the next day and try to remember what it is that I've done when things were going well. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, you know what? This is what I did. And maybe not be so stressed out. Figuring to yourself, it can't get any worse right now. So why don't we just relax a little bit? Shake it out a little bit, Anthony. And usually things started to get back on the uptick. But it's it's inevitable that this is going to happen to almost every single athlete. Almost. Because there's certain people that even their worst is somebody's best. <laughs> it, right. just, it doesn't seem to affect them quite the same right. way. Which is, I think, why we're kind of hyper-focusing on this Arenado thing is because even when he's average, he's playing well above you know what the normal player can do. Yeah. And this is where it's not working for him right now. So I would suggest he gives me a call and we go enjoy ourselves a little bit. Nolan, call me. I'm available. I'll show you St. Louis. Okay. Mr. DeWitt, if you're listening, oh boy. I'm available for hire. Take your guy out. Uh, biggest question of the day is next. Uh, surely there's something. Something better than Jamie offering to take uh, Cardinal Superstar out of for a uh, night oh, that, in the town in St. Louis. There's nothing better than that, I yeah. can tell you. Biggest question next on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Time for the Fast Lane's biggest question of the day. All right, time for the biggest question of the day in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. What do you got, Marsh? Yeah, guys, we uh, got a text from Lisa who said Albert, Skip, and Yachty, their impact was much greater. And Albert's second half, his historic run. Uh, leadership and players rising up around each other. Do you guys think that Ali Marmel can handle all of this pressure? Um, because it appears for him, it's been a house of cards. No pun intended. Wow. <clears throat> Interesting. And we saw Albert uh, in Los Angeles this past weekend. Yeah. He looked unhappy. Well, I would be too. I mean, I'm just saying he didn't look very happy. One of the challenges that we talked about with Ali Marmel a year ago was managing two legends in their final season, plus one in Adam Wainwright, where you didn't know whether it was going to be his final season. And what would happen if Albert struggled, and what do you do? Well, Albert did struggle in the first half, and it took a, a meeting right around the All-Star break between Ali and Albert to kind of say, hey, look, we're, we're, there's there's no going back here. We're we want you to be on this team. 
you're not going to do any sort of early retirement or anything like that. Let's roll. And from that point on, obviously, Albert had the big home run derby. Comes back, has a historic second half that Lisa, Lisa referenced. That all factors in here. Ali managing Yachty a year ago. Yachty being injured. At one point, staying away from the team during his injury, which was quite a while. One point going down to which was Puerto a Rico. Move, Absolutely. Yachty going to Puerto Rico to manage his his bat not manage, but oversee the basketball team that won the championship. There was a lot going on a year ago that we that that could have went sideways on Ollie. But you overlooked it. At the end of it all, you overlooked it. Why? Because they won. Because they end up winning the division. You're right. I mean, that's just so the, the so the only th- so uh, you're right. So the only thing that anybody cares about is wins and losses, and that's it. That's it. It All really right. is, though, Anthony. Well, you're going to go through a lot of managers then. Every bad stretch, you're going to go through a lot of uh, a manager then. No, I didn't say you fire a guy because he's losing and you hire guys and just keep because they're winning. But all people care about is the winning. You you're, overlook. You're right. You overlook some of the other crap. But when, when you're not winning, can you imagine like right now if Yachty was over there managing his his basketball team or owning his basketball team and doing whatever, mm-hmm. taking time. Like, can you imagine that right now? If Albert was struggling and couldn't hit the ball, baseball, like when he was struggling last year, started year, right. Wayno out with an injury, you know, like, no, I agree. No, what I'm saying is Ali did Ali. Ali was managing a year ago too. Ali was managing through a lot of crap a year ago, uh-huh. but to your point, they won last year. But nobody talked. Nobody really talked about it, right? Nobody was. Nobody's going on and on about how great of a, a job Ali was doing a year ago. It was the players, and then now this year they're struggling, and it's like, well, we better fire Ali. He's he's overwhelmed. I think a lot of people don't really care for Mo, and Ali is Mo's guy. Sure. In these past three, or wasn't past- Shilty his guy too? Yeah. Well, yeah, but I mean, any like, manager he's hired is his guy. But at this point, I think people are so fed up with Mo that. They want those two to be intertwined with each other. Uh huh. All right. I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> this I, is a funny. Yeah, I'm just, I, I, know, I, I know. I'm just, him, Arsh. I don't know what to. I don't know what to say. This is a funny that. text, and it's not wrong. From the three one four. In all fairness, Yadier Molina and Albert Pujols required about as much management from Ollie as a gorilla requires a strength and conditioning coach. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's not wrong. Then why are we blaming Ali for Nolan Arenado's issues or who's blaming him for Nolan Arenado? Nobody's blaming him for that and blaming him for some of the ancillary decisions he makes surrounding the club. Nolan Arenado struggling is not on Ali. To the texter, I'm not saying that Yachty, he was managing Yachty last year. He was managing through his catcher, a legend catcher within the organization, disappearing for half a season. And him managing through that. I'm not saying he was managing Yachty or managing Alberts. My point about Nolan Arenado is when they're losing, all of a sudden, the manager's not doing X, Y, and Z. Well, why would he have to manage Nolan Arenado or Paul Goldschmidt or any other of these, these veterans? I understand what to you're saying. To my overall point, we, overrate, we overestimate We're the manager. Again. <laughs> Jesus, you're like a Dave Chappelle comedy skit. You give the punchline that nobody understands, and you work your whole way through the comedy act and end up with the punchline. Go, you get right back to it at some some point. You're back to the overrated manager. What? Oh, too much stock in the manager. My question, 
about Ollie is not how he's managing Nolan Arenado mm-hmm. or Goldie or any of the guys who I firmly believe in. What's your question, though? My question is some of the roster moves he makes with the accessory pieces that aren't making sense at times. Like what? Do you want to go over it again? Sure. Okay. So he, he doesn't. How many he, times before Taylor Motter got DFA'd and then resigned to sit on the bench? Um, there were times where Taylor Motter's in the lineup instead of some of the younger players that were playing pretty well. We questioned it a couple of times. Can't remember the specific time, but we did. We talked about on these very airwaves mm-hmm. about why the hell would they, why would you do that? So that's a question that I have. There are some pitching decisions that have happened with the bullpen. When guys go in, when they come out, who he pitches, questions there. Also questions recently with the Dylan Carlson situation. Well, you see, he had a good glove in the outfield, and I just thought, you know, it was a coin flip. Well, no, it wasn't. You had two guys on the bench that can mash right-handed pitching. You didn't go there, and you end up losing. So those are the decisions I'm talking about. Okay. That's it. All right. That's not all you've got. Well, uh, okay. So, so what's your question then? I don't have a question. You asked me the question. You said, so what are you, what are you talking about then? Yeah, you said it's not my question about Ollie. No, that, my question ultimately is his decision making with the pieces that are more, um, that are smaller pieces. And this is the manager, the coach in any sport. That's their biggest challenge. Uh-huh. Is not necessarily helping the superstars or coaching the superstars, because they. Those guys are eventually going to take care of themselves. The hardest part for a manager is making your your lowest ranking player or your worst air quotes player Mm. being relevant in the game in a positive way. How can you outmanage the other team's manager to where it's your fourth liners, your third liners, your penalty killers? Like, and in baseball, your fourth outfielder, your DH position that day. Your so that's what I'm looking at. That's my question is. Is he making enough right decisions with the minor pieces? And should they be focused on as much as they are right now? Okay. All right. I got you. I understand. You got that snotty look on your face right now. Okay. Well, how how can I help? I'm expecting some kind of clap back. I, I'm not going to clap back. I understand your viewpoint on it. I do. Person, are you? No, I understand your viewpoint on it. I don't want to repeat mine because then I become a Dave Chappelle uh, here special. Here we go. Here we go. I, I'm serious. No, repeat yours. Go ahead. No, no, no. There's no, no it's a good one. Pe- people understand what I'm saying. Or, or they don't, and I've just become redundant. But either way, I think that any manager in that spot, in any spot, is going to be faced with decisions on a nightly basis. To your earlier point, Jamie, which is well made, you either win or you lose. And the Cardinals aren't winning right now. They're 10 and 19. So there's really no defending any portion of this Cardinals organization right now. And it's not going to satisfy. Some people want Mo fire. Great. I don't care. Some people want Ollie fire. Great. I don't care. F- go, go ahead. Fire him. At the end of the day, the players are performing and they're not. And we all like this roster going in. Oh, everybody did nationally too. So if the players don't turn it around, you can fire the manager. You can fire the president. You can fire whoever. I don't think you're going to see this dramatic turnaround. And I know the one example that we have here in St. Louis is the 2019 Blues. Okay. It's one time. Well, the Cardinals had a pretty darn big turnaround, too, a couple seasons ago. They strung together that historic run 
to get themselves into the playoffs. So it's not impossible, and it doesn't necessarily mean you have to end up with a championship at the end of it. Right. We like that story because it's fun. What are you talking about, the 20, 2011 team, Cardinals? Yes. We talk about that all the time. Yep. Right? So it's possible, but... Unlikely. It's a steep climb right now. Do you guys take anything away from what Dylan Carlson said on uh, Bally's pregame the other day about having Albert in the cage or uh, having Albert around, uh, you know, somebody who's been there and done that? Uh, th- this is what he had to say. You know, doing your work in the cage, trust in the process. Um, you know, Albert was here the other day, so being able to talk to him as someone who's been through the process before always helps. And then, uh, yeah, just... Just again, you know, having that confidence even when you're not in there every day that, you know, you're going to be able to help this team in some way. Do you take anything from what he said and dissect it as, hey, Albert's a guy who's been here. I can't really go to my coaches because those guys I'm sure I'm sure not experienced having, enough. Like I'm sure not having Albert in the clubhouse is yeah. not having him is a huge loss. It is. It's a huge loss. I don't want to discount that. I played with a lot of really great leaders, too, that left, and everybody was just fine the next year. There's usually somebody else to carry the torch in some capacity. Maybe nobody's carrying the torch right now. I do feel like if you went up and talked to Nolan Arenado, bad example right now, but Nolan Arenado overall, Paul Goldschmidt, these guys, I feel like they would have some great input for you as well. Yeah. So you miss it, but it's not like, oh, my God, what do Mm. we do now? We're not, we can't play. We don't have Albert right, to bounce things something. off of. Like, come on. Yeah. All right, it's Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. Come back. Criticisms, compliments, what you missed. That's all next in the Fast Lane on 101 ESPN. We're right back to the Fast Lane Podcast. Presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN. Anything from today's show, you can download the podcast 101ESPN.com or the 101 ESPN mobile app. Podcast all brought to you by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers. Talk to our guy Brad Thompson. First hour of the show about the Cardinal struggles. What's going on with Nolan Arnado? Uh, whether or not there's a need for a shakeup. Can there be a shakeup? And Brad also shared his thoughts on the late Mike Shannon. And we appreciate everybody that left us a mic drop or a text telling us your favorite Mike Shannon moment or really just what he meant to you. you know, it's been a it's been a you know great show in that regard. Great participation from the mic drops as well as the text line. So we really appreciate it. Absolutely. Time for criticisms and compliments. What do you got, Marsh? Yes, from the 314. This isn't a criticism or a compliment, but we wanted to address this. We got a text saying, I'm heading home. Oh, yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah. we... Possibly well, honey, could have yeah, got careful. a uh, a wrong texter. We should have texted back saying, "Don't forget the bread and the milk, please." Mm-hmm. Yeah, you forgot it last night. Yeah, uh-huh. I mean that person up for could be listening right now. Are they listening right now? Yeah, they, they could they be. Might be. So um, we should have maybe texted. Like I I, I will. Yeah, just to make sure. Um, but <laughs> that seems like it's a guy thing. Like guy made that. Like. 
I don't feel like a woman, they're very detailed, right? Mm -hmm. they, they double check, they look, text, oh, that's the wrong number, you know? This is a guy for sure, heading home. So let's give him, okay, sweetie. <laughs> text him back. Yeah. Make sure you listen to the fast lane. Well, do you remember, I don't think I brought this up on the show, but this happened a few weeks ago. One of the listeners texted in saying, hey, can you pick up like Bart or something, like the dog, mm -hmm. the family dog? And if we didn't text him back, someone would have never picked up the dog. <laughs> that, that is true. It's nerve wracking. It's become a responsibility. Uh-huh. All right. We take it very seriously, too. Uh, from the 314. Boring. Can we talk about something else? Cards suck. We get it. Spend more time on a successful team like St. Louis City SC or the Battlehawks who didn't make the playoffs. Just no. another non-playoff team. Yep. Okay. Yes, we'll do that. Thanks for the text. Anthony, I think a lot of people appreciated your uh, your soccer rant today. I don't know if you would call it, was, it that. And it was, know, a, it was a very good question. I just don't under I understand the the one texter that broke it down. I thought that made a lot of sense. You're not you're not going to the coaching staff. Soccer's ongoing. You got the one halftime, and that's it. There's no breaks. It's 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 constant. So if the goal if if the keeper excuse me if the keeper is shouting out things to the defense because he knows the def the his players are now close to him because it was a shot attempt and he's yelling at them for you know the purposes of strategy or philosophy or whatever i get that aspect of it why the like theatrics i don't know but i understand i at least understand that aspect yeah i'm with you we learned a lot about that we did Looks like one of the texters texted in and said, Hey, babe, make sure you grab the whipped cream. <laughs> Must be making a strawberry shortcake tonight. Yeah, probably. Absolutely. Well, that's not all they wrote. Good text, though. Yeah. For Jamie Rivers and Andrew Marsh, <laughs> I'm Anthony person. Stalter. We've got Devils Rangers Game 7 pregame for you. So we got a little hockey for you tonight. Pregame Game 7 for that one starting right now. See ya. You've been listening to the Fast Lane Podcast, presented by Dobbs Tire and Auto Centers on 101 ESPN.